Trusty. Anybody out there? Where did he push the button at five? Where hey, brother, man. Oh, hey, what's going on, brother? Going good. How you been? Good, man. Been doing good. How about you? Oh, working like a working like a something. I believe. <laughs> Yeah. You're working right now? Yeah, at a there's a family who's got a pretty severe re- leak in the roof right now, and so oh. it's been raining a lot and snowing. So we're trying to do a quick patchy and get their their roof dialed in and stuff. But yeah, I'll be on the call and try to chime in and chit chat a little bit. Sorry, I'm not uh always around, man. Hey, it's all good. Thanks for uh, thanks for still putting yeah, thanks for still putting in the work and coming at least, you know, putting on the requirement. Appreciate that. Appreciate Love that. Just... Thank you. Love you, dude. Thank yeah. you. Um, are you up and recording then? Did I hit the button? Yeah, you you hit the recording button. I'm gonna play the bats the bat song soon right now. Ten four, brother. Well right. listen to me and if there's anything I can do to help, let me know, man. Sounds good, brother. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, I'll see you soon or hear from you soon. Ciao. All right, time to play the song, everybody. Get ready. Here we go. Oh, wait, hold on. Bluetooth's on. Uh, flip sounds. Good thing I got my fucking, the mic. I mean, the so-called um speakers to work this time. All right, let's see. Here we go. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Low power, please charge. going on everybody whoever answers to that anybody there <laughs> unmuted unmuted fatality fast rope is that you oh, fast rope. <laughs> hey man where did you get the uh the edits for the uh, call that uh, that you put up recently. Oh, the one with the fucking the Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Dude, I I even did that himself. He just sent me the recording. He's like, here, put it. I was like, show that to everybody. I'm like, oh sure, I'll show that to everybody. And so I just did the uh, editing for the 
you know, Highlander, the Highlander song or the Highlander theme song, and then I put this one together. Yeah. It's like, whoa, and, you, you just said finish her. Man, we're getting harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know if anybody else has heard that. Money Mike, have you heard that? I, I would like to play that on the recording here so everybody else who downloads the recording can hear that. <laughs> I was cracking up listening to that. Have you heard the new the the new uh YouTube video? Yeah, finally. Yep. Hold on. A All right, let me, look, let me go look, grab it. Oh, not the not the Batman and Boris one. That's a different one. I have that on private. So I gotta send you the link. I, I haven't sent you the link, have I? Man, send me the link. You send me either on Skype or if you want to send it in the chat or, or whatever. I'll probably send it to you to Skype. Yeah. All right. But I'm gonna play this for the. Uh, People who, who who don't go to YouTube or anything like that. Just, all right, in a second. In the end, a bathroom. In the end, there can be only one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody comes at peace, could that be the? When everybody comes at one. Round one, fight. Thanks for calling Line Thousand Dragon Blair Attention. This is Katina, and this call is being monitored and recorded for quality and training purposes. Can you have your license plate number or your account number? Um, looks like there's a uh, number, reference number that I've uh, been told. It's 14412. Uh, looks like it's 14412. Okay, did you receive a letter from Line Barber uh, number that I'm aware of, I was told there is a uh, reference number that I should call about, and um, allegedly that, that there's a debt due. Okay, so, okay. Can you guys hear that loud and clear? Yeah. Okay. Do you have? Okay. Do you have your license plate number by chance? Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay. Please. What's your first and last name? Uh, the name that I've been able to use is, um, uh, looks like it's Victor. Victor. Yeah, V-I-C-T-O-R. Okay, what was that again? Victor Gro Okay, but what was, um, you didn't, you said, what's the last name? Spell that again to make sure I have that correct. Um, G-A. Okay, can I see that? Finish her! And you said, oh, the A. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me have your address. The address I've been known to use is 62CO2. Uh, Anybody home? 
listening to a video that uh, Batman Jr. uploaded. Uh, we're over on his uh, channel right now, too. Go ahead, Batman. Okay, is this account listed under your name or someone else's name? Uh, that's the name that I'm able to use. Brutality. Sorry, that's the name right now? That's the name that I've been on to use, that I've been authorized to use. Outstanding. <laughs> okay, now, is, now is this, are you calling a reference to a account or a business account? Um, yeah, it's a business account. Okay, what's the name listed on the account? Uh, Victor... That's okay, what's the, business, what's the business name? Uh, that's what it looks like here. It's Victor Rock altogether. Okay, I'll tell you what, let me have that reference number one more time. I think I'm misunderstanding it. Looks like reference number again. Uh, it looks like it's 144144. Okay, thanks for something. And I do thank you for verifying that information. And if I mention it earlier, just for the keynote of Lionbogger Bogger Science Answer. Yeah, it, is there a collector over your attempt to collect on a debt? Any information obtained in this call will be used for that purpose. And there is an account. Look at e 4 Sanity in the amount of $141.60. Would you like to pay that today by Visa or MasterCard, or how can I further assist you? Uh, before I can do anything, can I get your name again? What's your name again? It's Katina. Katina. How do you spell that? K-A-T-I-N-A. Katina, uh, okay. Um, Katina, I, I would like to ask you some questions before... Um, sure. Uh, who's making a claim? Who 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 did you get the information from that uh, there's allegedly uh, a debt due? Uh, uh, basically, from each one seventy, it's reflecting that from these transactions from March second, two thousand nineteen, and March ninth, two thousand nineteen, when you access the toll, this particular license plate was registered. All right, and, and you so got the for the license to the basically LL. I see. So basically, you're you're getting this information from somewhere. I mean, you don't have any first-hand testimony of anything, do you? Well, e470 is indicating that DMV has this license plate listed to you, registered to you. But you're getting this information from a uh, computer somewhere. Where did you get this information from? No, e4 e470. This is from the e470 system for the toll roads. This is the information that they're. That's indicated on DMV. That DMV is registered. <coughs> so this particular vehicle is registered here. Uh, so, but you yourself don't have any state registration. I see. And, and you yourself don't have any first-hand testimony about any claims. Anybody claiming there's a, a debt, to, right? Excellent. Which is handling the collection. Uh, you're a representative, or are you the claimant? Um, we're we're we've been assigned this account. By E4 on behalf of E470, we're collecting the account for E470. Okay, and when you say we, is there somebody else beside you, or is it uh, just you and like who, who is we? Lime, Fogger, Dog, and Larry Sampson. We're collecting on this account for E470. Okay. So we're just reaching out and trying to, you know, collect the funds for the outstanding tolls and fees. So you're saying I, I owe you personally a debt or uh, like? You owe E470. This is for E470 tolls and fees that okay. resulted in, the, in a balance of $141.60. Okay. 
I see, and and I don't own you, like I don't own you anything personally, right? <laughs> this is for E four E E four sanity. Okay, and where'd you get that that information from, Katina? Well done. Who, who told? Who told you? Yeah, who told you that there's um a death? Did, did somebody tell you that, or you came up with that on your own? Impressive. This is based on from E four seventy system. Okay. Um. From the twelve vote authority. I don't recall who that is. I mean, I'd like to settle the the payment honorably, but I mean, I I'd like to speak with the. With the one that's making the claim that there is allegedly a debt to it, is it possible that I could speak to the one that's making claims that there's a debt to? Well, we're handling the collections. You're more than welcome to contact E470, but we're handling the collections for the account. So again, when you say we, is it like, are you are are you involved in the department, the collection department, a line of thought regarding Blair and Sanchez? Uh huh, and that's not you personally. When you say we, right? Like you're you're not accepting liability of yourself, right? Finish her. What's that again, sir? I was asking. You're not accepting liability in this matter yourself, right? I'm calling. I'm speaking with you on behalf of Linebarger Bagelware and Sampson. Uh huh. So you so basically you're a representative. I'm an associate, a representative, an agent within the collections department. I see. And and when, Katina, when can I speak to the one that you claim you represent? Can I speak to that claimant? Fatality. Because E470, I don't have that information. You would have to look up E470 toll road authority. But uh, okay. Um, so I mean, is is it possible? To, like, would it make sense to um, put a cease and desist on this? In this matter, until yeah. we get to speak with the yeah. claimant, I will. I will stop the correspondence from coming to you. Call. Awesome. All right, Katina. Sounds good. If there's anything, uh, you know, if if I offended you in anything, please forgive me. I just, you know, I'd like to follow the law and get first-hand testimony from the the alleged claimant. And if you can put that in the notes, um, until then, um, I don't know. Maybe I could, I'd give um, about 15 days. Until the claimant comes forward, if the claimant doesn't come forward, then I guess we can. Uh, would it make sense to cease and desist this matter? Okay, then the account has been updated. Okay. Alrighty, Katina. Thanks so much. Love you, and uh, have a great day. Okay, have a great day. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. It's like as soon, it's like as soon as he mentioned the season, he's like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. See what happens after 15 days. <laughs> Oh, she up, she updated the system, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, it seems to be working for the brother Ivan. I'll be waiting for Skype on with for your link. But shizzle. <clears throat> Dave was on my call for a few minutes. Who? Dave Marlin was on my call for a couple minutes. He was listening. Apparently, I don't know if he's coming back or not, but. He should have. He should have called him in. Should have told me. I didn't have to. He just can't. He just comes in like that now. I don't have to invite him or nothing. <laughs> he had a call earlier. Oh, he did. I think I popped in for a millisecond. So he probably, he probably knew, he knew I was around. <laughs> Fucking Dave. I haven't heard from that guy in a while. 
Last time I heard was him like probably three, four weeks ago. Yeah, that's when it was. Yeah, I was on. That's when I. That's when I merged uh, the one day and. <laughs> that was funny. That was a good call. Today. I'm just going 520. Who is that? Oh, that's Bird. Bird. Back to well. How's it going? Sorry about, sorry about last week, guys. I had to go. I can't take getting swore at. I didn't want to swear back, so I did the best. Oh, I could. I oh, this is who is this again? I'm sorry. Bird. B-I-R-D. Oh, Bird. 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 Yeah, he got a, yeah, yeah. He had, he had a little interesting, uh, had a, a interesting uh, hullabaloo last week with Greg Kazoo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was on that. My apologies. My apologies and forgive for anything I was derogatory about. I just didn't want anyone to go down that road of, you know, being an agent when we're not agents. You know, if you can find an agent and who can, you know, zero it or discharge it or whatever, cool, but you know, I've just known too many people that have gone to jail by pretending that they can create their own, you know. That they're authorized to use, that, that yeah, they're authorized you know, to use not, those things? Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're, I, I'm not an agent. Maybe that guy is, I don't know. But, I, you know, I didn't mean to, I, I didn't mean to throw sand in your Vaseline or anyone's Vaseline, but, you know, I just wanted to call back and I spoke with Ciro and, he 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 assured me that I wasn't the one causing the trouble, so I just wanted to. I, I love I love what you guys do. I, I, in fact, that was awesome too with the uh, the alleged creditor there. Uh, and uh, so you know, I'm just here to 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 listen and and help out with you know anything that I've gone through and experience with as well to just help people navigate uh, and live the life that they want. So that's why I'm here, and that's why I came back. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Hey, how's Zero? How's Zero doing? I haven't heard from him. Zero's great. Zero, I tell you what, Zero, I tell you, if there's anyone that that where the rubber meets the road, it's that guy. Uh, Who's making the claim? Uh, YouTube channel. Listen to a lot of that. He calls a lot of he calls a lot of these uh, police departments, etc. Uh, collection agencies, and does the same thing that we just heard here previously a few moments ago. Uh, he does a lot of that same stuff. And uh, you know, tell you what, uh, you know, you don't give that name, you don't claim that name. They got nowhere to go. And you know, I'm I'm all for you know. I even I called him today and left a message and it's it's the ones that I listened to on the YouTube channel that he put on there. Uh, some of these collection agencies they say that we have purchased the debt, and I just told them that we need to talk more about this because it's uh, well if you've purchased the debt, didn't you satisfy this alleged debt? So if you know if I got a thousand dollar bill, whether it's a credit card or the hospital or whatever it is, thousand bucks, and then some you know collection <coughs> and they buy it for you know hundred and fifty two hundred dollars. Well, I well it's done. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> that's sweet. That, that's awesome. Thanks. 
you know, don't come after me for the other, you know, 850 or two, uh, 750 or whatever. You, you, you paid the debt. Thank you. Have a great day. Now, you know, I don't know. I'm not, uh, you know, knee deep in this or whatever. Uh, I haven't had to deal with any of this stuff for, oh, my God, you know, 15 years. You know, I might just be one of the most off-the-grid people you've ever met. But then again, you know, I might be just talking shit. Uh, you know, there's others who are, but, um, you know, I haven't had a bank account for a long time. For these things, you still got to navigate the waters, of course, with Federal Reserve. <coughs> Uh, at hey, one Bert. point, I even thought, yeah, go ahead. Hey, Bert, I'm led to believe the one called Sarah is doing okay. <laughs> yes, you are. I will. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bathroom, is that, is, is, bathroom, bathroom. Yeah, bathroom, yeah. There. Zero, zero, that's zero? Uh, I've been led to believe I've answer to that do you have a skype <laughs> hold on do you have a skype also known as zero oh man i thought you oh uh i i, I believe that one is uh oh let's say it's called uh toto oh okay toto okay no then there's some other zero then i guess i have on skype call yeah i think there's another zero but bird's talking yeah. about sarah he's talking about sarah in espanol Oh, Cerro. Si. Okay. You're not okay, in Alabama si. anymore. What's that? You're not in Alabama anymore. No. Nah. Oh, I've been traveling. I'm up oh, in the Midwest. I got that way around. I got that way around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let me tell you about the the debt collectors that they say they paid stuff there could it be they're looking for somebody to come in there and third party interlope on their third party interloping are they going fishing uh, i believe they may be fishing for somebody that 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 would be interested in meddling in the affairs of their so-called business So if they bought so that debt, somebody else, isn't it done? That's, uh, just ask them if they're the one with first-hand knowledge making the claim that something is allegedly owed. And you don't even have to go into the, well, you already bought it kind of stuff, you know? You don't even have to bring it up. Keep it real simple. That's what it comes down sound, to. Your voice sounds a little bit different, brother. Have you been stolen and replaced with an exact replica? <clears throat> I think it just changes. I uh, allegedly I was on an airplane all day, and so you know, airplane air is weird. I've been known to use the name Stephen Wright. It's a little nasal. All right. Yeah, it's a little nasal thing going on. I'm, I'm, you know. The, the Midwest, is, uh, it's, it's cold this time of year in the Midwest. Everybody's kind of coughing and sick. Give me your four-digit code to prove it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh, are we going to prove that, that I is there you? There you go. There you go. I was just going to say that. I was like, good luck, pro- good luck proving that. <laughs> now he's gone. I was just waiting for the risk. It's all good. This is great. Yeah. What the hell were you doing in the Midwest? Donkey. Oh, just, just, your yeah, it's, it's reason out there. Just, just visiting some so-called family members. There you go. I only see them about once a year. that enough well so what's up with angela she having her call today she's taking a break uh she'll be back uh december 12th december 12th i think yeah oh she's gonna be there on the birth on the so-called after, birthday i thought it was after christmas december 12th oh, december 12th yeah birthday well, that's that's the mark mark the calendars that's the day i allegedly was born so they say okay She's gonna. She's probably gonna drop in for your for a surprise. No. Mike, <laughs> yes. Was that one called Boris that we heard earlier? Boris. Yeah. Was that Boris we heard uh, with the creditor? <coughs> On the call. Yeah. That was. That was actually Ivan. Yeah, Ivan. You called me there. That was Ivan right there. (coughs) Yeah, it's catching. I'm coughing for different reasons, though. You sick or something? Kind of, sort of. That's great. Lost some weight, uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, I stopped. I stopped smoking the cigars. I used to inhale them, and I said, uh, "Fuck it, I'm not no more." One day, a couple of days ago, I just coughed and just coughed the phlegm, and it was like charcoal. I'm like, screw that. I'm like, no more. I'm done. Oh shit! It was black, like black. Yeah, well, not black, black. It's just like <coughs> gray in it. It's like Ooh. you know, it's like takes bits of bits of black stuff or whatever it just puts it in there you know make, you know just to fuck with you <laughs> it's like like all right who's playing a joke on me here what's going on you know it's like one of those things well congratulations man i'm planning on smoke um stopping actually after today i have my last my last card here this is the last one right here after this i'm fucking throwing it away tonight actually i got sick last week also i've been pretty sick uh, and now i'm having like these just weird like the sharp pain in the middle of my like the sharp pain in the middle of my stomach um I, it, i'm thinking it could be either gastritis i'm not really sure i'm not trying to believe it is check but that i mean or, uh, check that or, 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 say that again check, check for diverticulitis yeah because this is it's like in the mouth of the stomach it's just like a sharp pain comes and goes you know it's weird. You have you guys have you heard of uh, the calcium bentonite clay or the activated charcoal? Active. I heard of activated charcoal. I tell you what, bro, <coughs> you got if you got some stomach pain. I mean, uh, 
get to, I highly recommend that. Uh, I, I do. I have both at my fingertips reach. I keep the activated charcoal for emergencies, like if I end up eating the last deviled egg at a picnic and I got Montezuma revenge, I drink that charcoal and it takes care of it. But as a daily maintenance kind of thing, I drink a cup, like a, but a, like a cup of coffee size of the uh, calcium bentonite clay. And that, that really, that's a detox pretty good. And that'll help with any of that upset oh. stomach. I used to, I used to eat like a roll of Rolaids every three days. And since I've been doing the calcium bentonite clay, I haven't had a Rolaid for like a decade. It really had no heartburn, no upset stomachs. And then if I happen to eat something wrong at a picnic or a barbecue, I do the charcoal for extra help. But, uh, you know, I highly recommend that. Just check it out. You know, read, read about it online and, and get yourself, you know, you can either, I like the powder and I mix it up in water and drink it, but you can get capsules too if you don't like the chalky kind of crap or whatever. But, uh, yeah, but the calcium bentonite clay stuff, uh, a lot of that's even in your Pepto-Bismol and your, like, kale pectate and things like that. But I, I'd rather do it with just the straight, the straight stuff. So that'll, that'll help you out a lot hey, with any stomach issues. It, it really will. And uh, I also heard, too, uh, any stomach issues, uh, hopefully you like cabbage. Uh, eat, like, uh, half a head of cabbage every day for about seven days, and that takes care of, like, ulcers, bleeding ulcers, and things like that, too. Uh, I was pretty sick. Uh, about 15 say, years uh, ago, and I really... Excuse me. Uh, say that about again, about the ulcers. What you say about the ulcers? That what took care uh, of it? Uh, cabbage. Fresh organic, kind of cabbage. fresh organic cabbage. Yeah, whether you lightly saute it, whatever, throw a couple eggs in there or throw some onions and garlic in there or whatever, but eat a bunch of cabbage for like a week. And uh, cabbage is one of the most soothing things to your digestive system that there is on the planet. Thank you, uh, creator. And, uh, you know, along with the, the charcoal or the clay, I think you'd be all right. Uh, you know, that's what I did. I was really sick. I was really sick. I thought I was going to be in a wheelchair and having to apply for disability and all that stuff about 15 years ago. I'm going to be 56 in April, allegedly. And uh, I feel great. And But I changed my diet. You know, no more Domino's Pizza, no more Pizza Hut, no more McDonald's. You guys, you know, I don't know if you're doing that, but you got to get rid of that shit because it's garbage. You got to start eating some good, you know, fruits and vegetables, dark leafy greens, at least a cup of them things a day, please, if you would. You'd be right. amazed at how things turn on. No. Yeah. You got to eat good. And it's brain food, too. You know, that's another thing, too, where the people, you know, some people aren't going to get this, you know, what we're doing and make no claims and stand in honor. The ones who that are, the ones who are eating this garbage food and all that, they're not getting the, the, the vitamins and nutrients and digestive enzymes to the brain and to the body. And so you can't, you know, you might be able to learn it, but, you know, can you retain it and can you live it and pay it forward? You know, so because back when I started learning all this stuff and buying all the Black's Law dictionaries and Internal Revenue Code Book and all this stuff, I was eating garbage. And it was just none of it ever made sense to me. And then I did a detox and a hair analysis, and I started growing my own garden and eating my own food. And and then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, I get this. It's all right. 
you know, it took a while, but the transmitters just weren't firing in my brain. You know, I'll admit that all day. So, you know, the people who don't, who aren't getting it, you know, uh, put away the bad food, you know, start taking some supplements, you know. I don't care if you even get Centrum or whatever, at least it's a freaking vitamin. Get some vitamin C and some D3 and your alpha omegas, you know, do a little bit of the Barleen's black soil with your omega-369, you know, start doing this stuff in your diet and, well, you'll be amazed at how much knowledge that one can really uh, retain, you know, just simply changing your diet, so... Right. No, I believe, yeah, I believe diet has to do a, a role here, because like I, mean, I know I changed my like, fr- like today just changed my diet. Actually, I've been eating, I've been eating pretty good. Like today in the morning, I ate some like like a sh- like today in the morning. I actually yesterday I got went to the groceries and got some Activia, so called pre prebiotics, right? And and I ate two of those, and then in the morning I ate a a so called green shake, and uh, now I'm suffering from diarrhea from that. But I'm guessing it's because of the detoxification. I hope. <laughs> Um, but the stomach, yeah. the the sharp pains are still there, though. You know, the the abdominal, wall, like on top of the belly. Actually, yeah, it's in the middle of the mouth of the stomach. Like it still comes and goes. I don't know why, man. It's either I have to take a mm-hmm. shit and it goes away, or I have to eat and it goes away. Um, I tell you what, if you if you, you if you if you if you if you abruptly change your diet, well, you might be sitting on the toilet for a while, and it's a it's a cleansing. Look at it that way. You might just be spraying some stuff out of there, you know, and, oh, yeah. and that's probably what what's necessary and proper, you know. Uh, but keep it up, keep juicing, keep doing those green smoothies or whatever, keep doing it, you know. It might be a, a shock to your system, you know, for maybe maybe a week, you know. I don't know. I don't know what your diet was before this, but you know, uh, just let your once your body realizes that you know what it requires and what you're supposed to eat. Like, you know, get a juicer. I don't care if you get one of them jack o juicers at the, at, the, at the thrift store or the Goodwill or whatever. Do cerret, keller, uh, celery, carrot, and apple and start doing that for your breakfast or whatever. And, you know, you might end up with a little bit of stool sample going on for a while. Uh, but, boy, I tell you what, if you go back and have a Big Mac one day later on down the, down the time, your body's going to go, hey, you just let us know that you know what to do. We really like the carrot, celery, and apple juice in that freaking, in that uh, uh, Jack O'Lane juicer. And now you're trying to give us this Big Mac shit again. Your body's gonna make you pay for it. No, and I think that's that's yeah. also that that fucked me up. I think I've been like the last week and I'm still sick. I think I, I think if I recall, I Taco Bell too. I think that's what kind of fucked me up also. Um, but um, yeah, I gotta let yeah, I gotta let go. Of them. And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not telling anybody here at all uh, to like go vegan or anything. You know, hell, if you want to have a burger or a hot dog at a barbecue, go ahead and have one. But just make sure that you have more fruits and vegetables on your plate than you do. You know, let's not have a 20 ounce porterhouse and then skip the baked potato. You know what I mean? Have the potato and a little piece of meat and, you know, mix it up a little bit because, man, you know, some of that stuff's hard on us. It really is. I've noticed it since I've changed my ways that that it's more fruits and vegetables that are on the plate. And and I still eat meat. I'm not going to be a hardcore vegan. I was for a while. You know, I did a raw food challenge for 30 days. And, boy, I tell you what, it's the best detox and the best best I've felt in, in many years. 
And uh, but you know, I went back and after I did the 30-day raw challenge, I only cheated twice. But <clears throat> after it was done, I went and had a I went and had a a, a chicken Philly cheesesteak freaking sandwich at my favorite sports bar and enjoyed every bite of it. So you know, it's it's just whatever they call it, moderation or whatever, which I don't even know what the hell that word means. You know, it's it's eat well and a plant a garden. Even if it's just a pot with a tomato in it, that's cool, you know, or some basil. Just grow some herbs and sprinkle it on your baked potato or, you know, and that'll get you hooked. It will, you know. And it's fun here, too, where I'm staying. Uh, they got, there's like five grandkids here, and somebody came and they had a, they were pulling a trailer and they had a bunch of cherry tomatoes. And it's like, if you don't take some, we're going to throw them away. And it's like, well, they looked absolutely fantastic. So I took a bunch of them, and I took them in the house, and I got the blender out, and I got the big old pot out, and all the kids helped. They were peeling garlic, and they were they were throwing the cherry tomatoes in the blender, and we were putting it in the big pot, and we were cooking it down for spaghetti sauce, and we've got five-gallon Ziploc freezer bags full of spaghetti sauce that kick the shit out of any prego or ragu there is known and i thought a bag of it out the other day and we made spaghetti and there's a first grader she's six years old and she and i said how's the spaghetti and she said tasty <laughs> i just about fell over because she helped make it and, you know, I chopped up the onions and the peppers and, the you know, the, she helped peel the garlic and all that. So they were hands-on for it. And that's the most important thing. And then I put colloidal silver in with the batches that we were cooking down. So they even got uh, antibacterial, antifungal, antibiotic, anti, you know, look up colloidal silver at your own whatever. And But when they're hands-on, they eat it. Otherwise, it's Lucky Charms and Captain Crunch and all that stuff. But, mmm, tasty from a six-year-old. Tasty. When's the last time you heard that one? You know. And so there's a bunch more in there, and I wish it would have come from the garden, but that's okay. It was all good and fresh, and and they all were hands-on. And I threw some colloidal silver in there, and I wash everything in colloidal silver water as well. I got my own generator and all that. So. You know, health is the key. We're going to turn these kids around so that they're not a problem in school. And I, I'm focusing, too, on uh, the the caregiver for the grandmother. Wonderful, wonderful woman, and she wants to do hair analysis for, you know, heavy metal de- detoxing and, and vitamin, mineral, and digestive enzyme deficiencies and all that. So we're, I'm here for a reason, obviously, you know. And I wouldn't know any of this shit if I wasn't so fucking sick 15 years ago. So, you know, sharing it with you guys, you know, any time you want some avenues to go to feel better, I'm sure willing to share. You know, it's all about the food, my opinion. You guys. They, they say allegedly health is wealth, you know, the real wealth. I heard. How do you concentrate on anything when you feel like crap? 
Yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How I feel. Like, I have to do the so-called, like, like the, the last call when I, I mean, when, when I started getting better from sickness, I was like, yeah, I feel good. I'm ready to do some, you know, debt collection calls. And, like, the next following day after that, um, like, I started feeling, like, you know, kind of like shit, like, kind of like shit, you know? And then, like, these past couple of days, I've just been having, like, these sharp pains in the middle of my stomach. I haven't been able to concentrate correctly. Don't let them. I'm just, I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned for the so-called stomach at the moment. I'm not trying to stress over it. I'm just trying to eat. Right now, I'm just trying to change at least since it's, the, it's since it's the inside of it. I'm just trying to change the inside by eating, you know, pure green, healthy, you know, lean diet. Well, I tell you what, brother. If if you're if you're really uncomfortable, in my opinion, you know, first order of business would be go to like an herb shop or or whatever, or just go to the grocery store and see if they have some activated charcoal uh, caplets and just get a get get some of them because activated charcoal is activated charcoal you don't have to get pristine ones or whatever whatever charcoal's charcoal and just take a couple of them <clears throat> and you know take one in the morning and one at night don't don't od it you know follow the instructions or whatever and then uh just notice how you feel over the next couple of days cuz you know, uh, the the charcoal is available in every hospital for food poisoning. Now, I'm not saying you have food poisoning, but uh, do the activated charcoal for a while because you know for you know a couple days, and then uh, but this is going to be kind of too much information here. But I'm just going to share it with everyone. And if you got to puke, puke. But uh, take a look at your take a look at the toilet bowl after you take a dump, and if it's black within like 24 hours don't freak out because that's the charcoal and it's doing its job because it's grabbing <laughs> shit and running it through you it is so keep doing it that's that's the main well actually it takes two or three days what i do have is the uh, chlorophyll pills and that turns to poop green i actually i forgot i should have taken that in this morning actually the what pills chlorophyll Oh, okay, like chlorella, the the spirulina, chlorella, that, and all those things. Is that, is that how you say it? I, I thought it was chlorophyll. Yeah, that's great too. Well, well, chlorella is chlorophyll. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. But it sounds to me like you kind of need to detox. Something needs to get out of there. There's there's like a parasite yes. or some kind of a fungus or something in you that you need to get rid of. So I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think. Yeah. I'm starting to think it could be H. pilari or however you say that shit. Well, the charcoal will kill that right now. It'll drag it right out of oh. you. You'll poop that out and it'll be bye-bye. Yeah. Charcoal's great. Charcoal freaking handles pretty much everything. Yeah. Well, those are guys. Turpentine. And the, uh, and the calcium bentonite clay, too. If you get bit by, like, a rattlesnake or a, or a brown recluse spider or whatever, uh, I had the books on both of them. And if you mix up a poultice with, like, some colloidal silver gel, or some colloidal silver water with some coconut oil into the charcoal or the calcium bentonite clay, and you put a poultice on for like a brown recluse spider bite, it'll draw the venom right the hell out of you. You don't even have to go to the doctor. And I've actually been stung by a couple of scorpions here in the Arizona Valley, uh, scorpion gulch. And uh, boy, I tell you what, that calcium bentonite clay mixed up with a little colloidal silver water, it draws that venom right out of you. Not a problem. Now, I'm not going to go and dance with a rattlesnake or, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, 
I've, I've used this <coughs> natural path for, for over 10 years now, and so far, I don't have any rashes, bites, stings, bee sting. Oh, a bee sting with the That's calcium bentonite clay, you know. Pull that stinger out and put the calcium bentonite clay mixed up with a little olive oil and put that on there. You don't even know you got stung by a bee in about 10 minutes. Gone. It's freaking great. <laughs> so you can get those. That's fine. Yeah, you can get those, yeah, you can get those books, you know, uh, Living Clay by Perrier for the calcium bentonite clay. And, and then there's some good ones on the activated charcoal as well. And, uh, you know. I have, I have, I, I think at work, actually, if you actually, thanks for reminding me, at work I have like this little, it looks like a protein powder package, or you know, like when a protein powder comes in a little, uh, little screw on or whatever. Um, it actually says activated charcoal. Now, does it have to be a certain one, or can it just say activated charcoal? And you just, it's like a protein, it's like powder, basically, you put it in water. I think if it's activated charcoal, it's activated charcoal. As long as there's no other ingredients on the, list you know what i mean like yeah. silicone dioxide or fillers or natural flavors or you know any kind of crap like that if it's 100 okay. percent activated charcoal it's activated charcoal I, i'm pretty sure i mean i have ones that i really really like uh and then there's other ones too that you know i'll just i'll use them as long as it's activated charcoal i'm good but the uh the calcium betonite clay though that i like is actually uh, it's it's uh, living clay, and it's uh, livingclayco.com. So www.livingclayco.com. That's the one that I really like for the detoxifying clay powder because you can get so many different kinds of clay. You can get green clay. You can get red clay. You can get there's certain clays that are only topical. You know, for you know, like a when when you when you when you finally spring and and the other half gets to go to the day spa and have a facial and all that stuff. But the living clay, the the one I just said there, uh, that's for internal use as well, and and a bath also. Oh my God, you take a clay bath, you better do it at night, brother, because when you get out of there and you drain the tub and shower off, you better be hitting the pillow because you're going to go night-night. So don't do it in the morning and uh, if you've got somewhere to go because you're so relaxed and it's so awesomely great. And it's funny, too, because when I used to do the clay baths, when I had a bathtub available, uh, I got an American Red Nose Terrier, and she hates water, but she'd put her paws up on the edge of the tub, and then she'd start drinking the bath water. And I give the dog, actually now, <clears throat> like twice a week, she gets clay water in her dog food, like a, like a gravy train kind of thing. And, man, I tell you what, I got one of the most healthy six-year-old American Red Nose Terriers, and she's absolutely spot on. She's happy, healthy, I mean, friendly. Uh, if I ain't around, you don't really want to come knocking, but... Uh, I mean, she's a nanny dog. All the kids, they fall on top of her, and she just wags her tail. She's healthy as can be. Because a lot of dog foods aren't really all that good either, so you want to give them to your pets as well. You know, give them to the dog. Give them to the cat. you got a cat. You know, you, uh, most useless animal on the planet, in my opinion, but that's all right. I'll not keep that to myself. So, but, uh, but yeah, give them to the animals. 
You know, I even sneak it to the kids. I make uh, my own homemade bread, and I put Gaussian bentonite clay in the bread. I substitute a tablespoon of flour for a tablespoon of clay. That way the kids are getting it. They don't even know it. And uh, and don't tell them. And uh, but and there, too, if you want, you can take that clay, get yourself some local raw honey and some organic cocoa, and and mix yourself up some chocolate sauce and and throw in some nuts in there and have a banana and you got a banana split without having freaking pus filled freaking chemical toilet ice cream and it's a banana split just like that too there's ways around it for everything so anyway i can quit chewing everybody's ear off you know i mean give somebody else a chance there too unless you want me to keep talking i can just roll forever <laughs> so there's recipes. I can send them to you. Joshua, you out there? Joshua. Oh, no. Probably not. I'm out here. How you doing, brother? How you doing? How you doing, dude? Yeah. I'm just eating the Domino's pizza and uh, drinking some Coca-Cola <laughs> Diet Coke. Yeah, and smoking nice. cigars. How are you guys? <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> boy, you washing it? Right. You washing? Speaking of attention awesome, spam, brother. you guys. I'm starting to think this cell phone being so close to my face all the time now. I've been, you know, just studying like crazy, like like the rest of you, but doing it near the damn phone, you know, between talk shoes and all this other online media type stuff, you know, I think it's affecting me. Is the tumor on the, your face getting bigger or smaller? Yeah, colloidal silver is awesome. When you, you you have a generator, did you make it yourself? I hear you can get if you get really pure silver wire, the purest you can find. You want ninety nine point nine or something, don't you? A nine volt battery, run it yeah. through some distilled water and glass, right? And um, even better if you have one of those bubblers for a fish tank to agitate the water around a lot. Is that true? I've heard I've heard wanna... about the bubbler. I, I yeah I, yeah I've got three nine volt batteries. You want you want thirty volts. So I got three nine volts taped together, and I got little caps on there uh -huh. that I soldered together to make 27, which is close enough. But yeah, you want 999 silver rods. So you know, I go to a jewelry store and just ask them, cut me a couple of freaking rods, I'll give you 25 bucks, and they do. And then the distilled water with a little yeah. bit of uh, non non iodized sea salt, just a just a cup, just a pinch in there, and then oh, yeah. hook it up. And you know, I've got one of those. Uh, what the hell do they call it? It's a Oh fuck! It, you stick it in the water and it gives you the parts per million, uh, whatever. So uh, uh, the salt, the total dissolved solid meter. There you go. And I stick it in the distilled water, make sure it's zero or one. I put a little salt in there. I put the rods in, and then uh, I hook up the alligator clips on the edge of the lip of the jar. Outside the water. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the water, but not the alligator clips. You keep the clips outside right, right. and just have the 999 rods in there. And then I just check it from time to time, and when it, once it gets to about 30 parts per million of the colloidal silver, you're good to go. 
I mean, it's great for washing your vegetables and your fruit. It's good for drinking. It's good for, oh, God, put it in your coffee pot, dude. That way you get, you know, or tea, whatever you drink. Yeah. But, but, yeah, put it in there. Make your own, make ice. If you got an ice cube tray, make colloidal silver ice cubes. Yeah, do that. That way everybody's getting colloidal silver because a lot of people are like, ew, I'm not doing it. And that way they're getting yeah, it no they matter what. Because, blue. Yeah. They, they ran those no, scare stories. No, yeah. You got to drink. You got to drink. You, it, well, it will. Oh, yeah. You can get. I know people I who have a metallic gene to their skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll happen. But you got to drink like. You got to drink. Yeah. It, you got to drink a half a gallon a day all the time. What's the salt do? Um, I just. Because that's a new one. Uh, what's what's a little bit of salt for the conductivity in the water or or what magnesium Absolutely. or something accurate yeah yeah because the distilled water is like zero to one point per one part per million and there's no conductivity so if you put a little bit of non-iodized sea salt in there just a pinch then there's conductivity in the water and you'll see the little cloud it's 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 very pretty too to watch it if you got a clear mason jar you're making it in it it does a dance yeah. for you while you're doing it. So, awesome. yeah. so I mean, yeah. that's also healing. Is, yeah. I've a little dance Himalayan around the silver jar. Himalayan that's pink fine. might have yeah. a, uh, iodine in it. As but. long as it's not iodine. As long as there's no iodine in it, because that'll make it to too many Lugles. parts per million and it won't work. Lugol's iodine is one of my favorite supplements. And, um, um, that's a yeah, good that's one. Uh, the clay is yeah, awesome for you. brush your teeth with that clay. That clay will whiten your teeth yeah. so fast. <laughs> I, think I got like a, five shades, you yeah. know. Better than that. that uh, better than nice. that mainstream stuff out there. Oh man, and you, oh yeah, and then oil pulling, of course, for your teeth and gums, you know, with say coconut oil is awesome. Oil pulling, if you look that up ancient ayurvedic technique you know uh white instant your teeth will feel so clean and your gums reattach and get healthier and it gets all the circulation around your face and gums and pulls That's poisons out of your lymph system you, you spit the oil out after about 20 minutes of uh you know using virgin coconut oil there's a couple other oils kinds of oil people like this is good um, stuff right here. I like yeah it. i had some mercury i had mercury fillings they yeah, all started falling out when i started oil pulling and using clay, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it can be hard yeah. on dental work if you have any. Yeah, the clay will, you know, suck mercury out of your body, which is good if you take it internally. Uh, diatomaceous food grade earth is something I've taken internally as well. I was buying the silver for NBI, I think it's called MMBI. Pharmaceuticals had some at GNC, and but they they quit carrying that brand. They had another brand that seemed ineffective to me. So really, silver. it's really cost prohibitive. Uh, or no, what's the other one? The colonial uh, silver bulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quit carrying it. Okay, Alex's uh, store. Yeah. 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 And and here too, if you want to get, uh, if you want to scratch this, if you want to scratch this down, Swanson, uh, Swanson, uh, vitamins. Uh, and they're actually based out of Fargo, North Dakota, and it's an online deal. 
and they have oh Christ, where the hell did I put there it is. Uh they've got if you want to buy colloidal silver and you're not gonna and you're not gonna make your own or whatever, uh but they've got a product there that is called Silver Biotics. And it's hmm? it's a silver jet Um talking back there. I was just giving you guys the avenue for a colloidal silver gel, which they make, which is really good for like mosquito bites, rashes, uh, chlamydia. Oh, did I say that out loud? And uh, but anyway, no, it's a colloidal silver gel. <laughs> but it's silver biotics. And <laughs> wait, I made you cough. But anyway, it, the the silver gel, if you buy it at like uh, little homeopathic stores, it's like twenty bucks. But if you go to SwansonVitamin.com, uh, this thing's only like nine nine to twelve dollars or something like that, and it's freaking awesome. It's a four ounce tube instead of going and getting silver gel. You get like a shot glass of it for twenty bucks. You can get four ounces for like I don't know eight to eight to twelve bucks, depending on if there's a sale. So I'm totally into all this stuff, guys. I mean, wow, uh, you know, the health the health is where it all starts. And I agree with you. Right, Dave, right. Uh, brushing your yeah, brushing your teeth yeah, oil with, the, pulling. with the clay. Oil pulling. And the oil pulling. Yeah, yeah. That, boy, I tell you, that's good stuff for your mm-hmm. dental. But your fillings will fall out. They will. It, it, your body will reject all of those amalgams that you've had. So then you got to deal with that. And then what do you do? Anybody here care to go down the road of uh, drinking your own pee? Well, that Whoa, it's a little much, I think. A little much? How about okay, stem cells go up at the nerve ending? Grow some new teeth with stem cells. Well, they say that the first pee in the morning has your stem cells in it to regrow your teeth. Now, I'm actually doing that. Not to gross you guys out. You don't hang up wouldn't. on me. Yeah. Here's the mute button. I heard what, about what that. It. It's acidic, <laughs> so it would ruin you your enamel. Yeah, you're uh, you're in therapy. Look it up. Oh, yeah. I've read all well, about that, too. Yeah. Pee- yeah, yeah, I heard about that. You know, and 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 what were you born out of? Your mom's water. What was the water? Pee. Was it really? It came out of mom's oh. pee. What? Embiotic. More like amniotic. Mom's. Fluid. Yeah, amniotic. Yeah. Sitting in your mother in urine. You're an amniotic fluid. I believe that's much different than urine. Are you in, are you in sure? <laughs> You're in trouble. Oh, God. But you should only drink your own. Don't be drinking anybody else's, crazy people. Don't be drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Pick yeah. your own. You're all yeah. 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 That regular That's toothpaste. That's not a pickup line. The glycerin in regular hey, toothpaste coats your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Don't be don't be going to the bar and saying you sure look good. I taste your urine. Uh, you're not getting anywhere with that one, brother. 
It does the body does the body eliminate pus and mucus through the urine? Mm. Actually, all it. the waste all the waste as far as what I've been told, uh, all the all the research that I've done, which hasn't been a whole lot, but the 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 waste and the and the toxins go out your turds. Recording and pot. the the fluid. That was my that was my call. Uh, I stopped mine. Nobody was on mine, so I uh, quit the I quit the call over on my end. So, uh, but I'm, I'm still oh, with okay. you guys. But the toxins the toxins go out your turds, and the good stuff gets recycled through your pee. So that's why you get the stem cells in your urine, according to uh, the the <laughs> urine therapy people on YouTube that you can pull up and listen to. You know, some people even put they pee in a freaking little bottle and they take an eyedropper and it, and it corrects their vision. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy from what, what I've been listening to. And so I've tried a little bit here and there and I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm not on it like a hundred percent of the time, but, uh, I know I did, uh, I did actually drink my pee for probably about a year, year and a half. And, uh, I mean, not a lot. I mean, I wasn't chugging it, you know, I wasn't saving it. Hey, you want a shot? No. But, uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, though, but my fillings did, it did, it, it did push my fillings out. And I was brushing my teeth with coconut oil and uh, the calcium betonite clay at the same time. And I lost a lot of fillings. And they say yeah. that if you... Just if you slush around your morning pee in your mouth and spit it out, slush it around, spit it out, it rebuilds your teeth. Oh, and yes, me, it rebuilds. I haven't you had believe in that. It's going to be rebuilt in part. Well, there you I go. don't know about Maybe that. I'm rebuilding it, and it's just that. Yep. Because pee is nothing well, but I haven't had to go to the dentist. Uh, is, is toxins. All the body does is eliminate waste. That's the main purpose of what it's trying to do. I I highly doubt there's really anything of much benefit in the urine. Sure, is it drinkable? Yeah, are you gonna not? You're not gonna die from it. By but is it useful? I uh, I believe that's certainly questionable. Well, well what they do is go out through the stool and you know look look at all these look at all these military movies even the last one with brad pitt there fury and the tanks and all that shit you know uh but or any military movie or whatever these guys are out in the middle of fucking nowhere where did they fill their canteens there was no pond no river there was no hose bib sitting on the side of the tree in the jungle they peed in them freaking cans, brother. And the and the the, the medics, if they went out for the wounded, they were told, they were told to, yeah, pee, but that, to pee on the wounded. That's like saying, if someone jumps off a bridge, are you going to do that too? Well, if it's only about ten feet down and I can go swimming, I'll, I'll take that leap. But I'm not going to jump off the Golden Gate. You know, I mean, what bridge are we talking about? You know, I mean, I don't know. But it's like, I've done it. And the first time I actually drank my own pee was the last time 
they hauled me into jail. And boy, I tell you what, that water stunk in there. I was in isolation. The toilet tank was also the water fountain, stainless steel, and I freaking bent down and I sniffed it and I was like, this is horrible. And I said, hey, can I get a cup? And they said, no. I said, all right. So I went and took a leak and I cut my hand and I started drinking my own pee and I thought to myself, this is way fucking better than that shit that's fucking coming out of the top of that water fountain. And it was, I mean, I'm not telling you it was delicious, but it was far from unpleasant compared to what was coming out of that tank. Because, you know, it's full of all kinds of stupid shit. You know, there's chemical, you know, and it's kind of funny. What what jail was this Uh, It was the horseshoe at Maricopa County. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, I had the privilege to stay there for about 18 hours at the Maricopa County Extended Gray Bar Motel, and they just wanted me to fuck out of there. Is this in some alleged state in the United States? Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. 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 I had the pleasure of visiting that about six years ago. (coughs) What a dump. Wow. I've never seen enough shit and boogers smeared on the wall in freaking isolation in that place. But, you know, then again, I haven't visited all the prisons in the world, and I'm that's not my bucket list. So there we go. But, yeah, oh, God. But he's done, and I guess that place is cleaned up, and, and Tent City's gone, and I don't, I don't really know. I don't have any plans on going anyway, because I did. I made the mistake six years ago. I made the snake a, a mistake of making a claim, and off to the I'll party I went. And, uh, yep, that'll, that'll do. do it, and it did. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware of that stuff back then. I was doing all that Winston Shroud shit and creditors. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Read, yeah, read it. Read them the laundry list of everything, and I know all this shit. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah, I told them what I know. Yeah, I told them what I know, and they said, well, you can regurgitate it as you're sitting there in solitary. And I was like, well, can I bring my coat? <laughs> they said yes, which is really good because it was cold. Oh, God, it was cold in there. Oh, man, cold. Even in Arizona? Oh. I guess they could have the AC blasting or something. <coughs> you know, and that's the, that's the crazy thing. That, that that's absolutely nuts, too. It's like, well, we have to keep it cold in there because of the bacteria. And I'm like, well, fuck, you know, Bullshit. my mom always told me that, yeah, don't go out and get cold because you're going to catch cold. Well, you're fucking freezing my ass in here, so I'm going to get sick. Well, no, we got to the reason the body the gets sick is it's comp. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Well, what the hell? Well, the reason, if he has me, the reason the body. No, go on. What are you going to say? Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Right. Oh, why does the body get sick? There's plenty of time. Oh no, yeah, I does... was gonna say because the way that I see it with the mucusless, the mucusless diet healing system, the body gets sick because it's trying to eliminate pus and mucus whatever way it can, and and what people typically think is a fever is the body going into it, it heats up too much because it's using all its energy to expel whatever pus and mucus and and waste from the body. It's like, think about if you're to have like a, some type of mechanical engine and you run a fuel through it that's not efficient, the engine's going to start start heating up because it can't work efficiently. So it's going to eventually get jammed up and overheat and eventually explode. 
and the body works similarly in the sense that uh obviously rather than being an engine it's uh it's just a giant tubing system of of uh yeah whatever organs and such so anyway yeah the fever is just the body going into overheat because it's trying to get rid of all the uh pus and mucus out of the body you know basically everything the the one main job of the body uh, the way i see it um and that arnold Eret talks about in the, the mucusless diet healing system is that it's to eliminate waste and that's the bottom line everything that the body does is to eliminate waste that's it it's a it's the one simple unifying factor to all health and everything but uh yeah i don't know people really uh, i mean why people won't know about it i guess that's another story but uh yeah the evidence is there and it's uh pretty pretty sound and uh logical if you yeah. ask me yeah you're inaccurate because uh uh parasites fungus bacteria uh viruses they grow best at like 98 degrees and we are all at about 98 degrees so when your body goes up to 100 101 it's slowing down the growth of the absolutely perfect environment for those things to multiply our body does that for us Uh, that that is that is proven that as far as i know but it's from several different sources and my sister was an rn for 35 years what about the other way? What about cooling the body instead of heating it up and going? Yeah. Well, and there too. Is, is that Hobbs? Hobbs. Yeah. I, 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 I love that. I, love I can that tell by your voice, dude. Yo, did you get the What's message up? I sent you on Skype, Hobbs? Yeah, I got it, man. How's the wrist? Or the, uh, oh, the dude, it, it sucks, bro. I fucking broke my wrist on Monday night, like in the morning, like around like 1 in the morning. Yeah, shit sucks. Playing drums at one in the morning? <laughs> yeah, right. I fucking wish, dude. No, I went to go. There's like steps on the side of our house that go from the backyard to the front yard. And I was going to start running down them. And I had like these boots on with like these kind of studs on the bottom because it's not like a completely like flat footbed. And I slipped on the wood because it was wet out. <clears throat> And I slid out, like, on the, like, sideways. And I think my arm hit this, like, stone wall that's next to it and just fucking broke it clean through, man. This shit fucking sucks. Hey, don't go out like Eric, man. As long as you go forward, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Dude, it made me think. I was like, yo. I mean, that, that, that story's questionable, but. Yeah, man. I've never, I mean, luckily, I've never really broke a bone. I mean, like, I broke a small bone, like, face bone years ago like the orbital on my eye but like that wasn't like breaking a real bone if you ask me it was kind of like a little nothing thing but this this shit fucking really sucks man so how long you held up for you got a cast on Uh, yeah yeah you know the usual eight weeks two months luckily it broke clean and straight so i won't have to get surgery as long as i don't fuck with it or as long as it doesn't get offset or anything like that, then they have to do surgery to straighten it out, which is the last thing I'd you know I'd like to avoid. 
Yeah, maybe you get it straight, get it set, and then uh, look into some of that DC Current stuff that Robert O'Becker wrote about. The I've body never heard of that, yep. You'll have to send me the stuff about it. Either that or I'll have to go oh, yeah. check up the uh, the Therify in New York City, the Dan Winter thing. I've been to yeah. do that, so maybe I'll actually have the time to go and do it. Hey, Hobbs, Since I really you mind putting that on the, on the uh, group chat? Yeah, post that. I never heard of that. What's that? Body electric? Yeah, yeah, whatever you're talking about. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Where do you want it? What kind of shenanigans going on in around the, here? In the, mu- in the mucus list diet? What's going on, Pops? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll drop it in there. Yeah, okay. Uh, Hello, guys. <laughs> what kind of shenanigans are you up to? <laughs> Is that Popeye? Maybe, allegedly. Oh, oh Pop. Uh, Hobbs, do you still want to hear what I think about the whole the body cooling down and stuff or what that might might that might do? Like yeah. the opposite of getting a fever. Yeah, let it rip. It I mean I I mean it goes both ways. Don't get me wrong, it, this it is just kind of speculation. Ways. Speculation what I think might happen. I mean like the thing is like obviously like to an extreme, if you obviously get too cold you're gonna get hypothermia and die, but I think if you do it in like moderation, it's probably really good because um I mean uh, there's like the whole benefit of like taking uh, like uh, ice baths and stuff like that, which makes sense in that it acts as a um, like a vasoconstrictor, so it helps push the blood along better and more efficiently. Which also, I mean, also interestingly enough, ties into the whole physics aspect, is that as something gets colder, the um, the dielectric current is going to go more towards counter space and therefore the that energy is going to you know flow better it's like uh, yeah you know i'm talking about hobbs so therefore the colder something gets the the faster electricity runs through it so i mean obviously this is temperamental within like a biological organism such as you know the body but um i think it makes sense though that like if you kind of have that like if you find a sweet a sweet spot, it's gonna work really efficiently. It's just like any yeah, so-called like your- uh, nuclear um, devices have to be used at extremely low temperatures or anything like that, or or even better for um, like supercomputers, any type of like uh, like super magnets or anything like that. They have to be cooled to like like sub freezing temperatures it's because they don't know the fact that when you uh the access counter space it has to go to a very low temperature on that that's just in in the sense creating more centripetal forces whereas the opposite would be magnetic and creating heat right or entropy or could it be that that energy system natural energy systems are more thermodynamic and energy efficient when they're colder. You can take it electronic. You throw electronics, take your phone and put it out on the on the driveway in the middle of the summer and it gets that heat yeah. warning, right? And you throw it in the freezer and what happens? All of a sudden you get next to a full charge. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, after about 20 minutes in the freezer, it's, it's, it's nuts and the body 
I'm led to believe with the experiments I've done, the body works the same, where it, you sit in this uh, 38, 40-degree water, and all of a sudden uh, the energy source, the mitochondria, starts to squeeze yeah. and release free, free heat. Yeah. So yeah, there's like, I mean, there's that, that, uh, the period of like the body adjusting to it, but like once it gets adjusted, um, yeah, it certainly makes sense. Well, one of the things, and I was just going to say real quick, as, as a contractor, and this is why I wanted to throw this in there, I've had different situations, and particularly when dealing with, um, remote control, like when somebody has set up a computer for their house to control this, that, or the other thing, and particularly any of the outside remote switching, when it gets really hot, that shit has trouble at times, but it seems to have more trouble when it gets really cold. Hmm. Now, I don't know why, if it's in the circuitry or in the switching itself, why it would have a problem, but in the extreme heat, it will have some problems, but it doesn't seem to have nearly as many problems as it does in the extreme cold. Just saying. Which is kind of opposite of what you guys are saying, which is the reason why I wanted to throw that in there. Because usually, and and it's usually not a matter of whether or not the electricity flows, it's usually something else that we found. But but what exactly up with the circuit then? I'm thinking it's probably something with the circuitry that the circuitry is having more trouble with the actual function at that point. Something with yeah, the cold is actually interfering with that somehow. Well, the, and I don't know how. I, I'm not that type of I'm not the type of an engineer or anything to say. Well, I would think that it would be this, that, or the other thing. You know, the micro circuit is this, that. I have no clue. All I know is what I tell you, <laughs> what I've seen. Here in Arizona, what they told me was that the battery, when it's 115 or 20 degrees outside, the battery boils and it loses its efficiency. And then when the winter comes and it's cold and you need the cold cranking amps, it, it, that's when the problems occur because it just got boiled over the summer, so that's why you have to replace your battery. And I've had several girlfriends... Uh, well, okay, I've only had a few girlfriends. I misspoke there. Uh, but they like to keep their batteries in the refrigerator. <laughs> At least one of you got it. That's good. In case you ain't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one over your head, I'd say. <laughs> Thanks for not swearing at me this week. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You guys are great. So, hey, if you got a girlfriend who keeps her batteries in the in the refrigerator, I want to hang on to that one. <laughs> there you go. I, I like that one better than what they say. In the army, allegedly, they say in the army that if she'll smoke, she'll put anything in her mouth. I don't know if she smokes. I don't know. If I'll yeah, but once you get, yeah, yeah, but once, yeah, but once you get married, they quit doing that.
Yeah, and then they start going to the goddamn batteries in the fridge. Right around when they time to get married, they start putting the batteries in the fridge. Yeah, it just stays in the unit. <laughs> I thought they had the, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. They got them newfangled ones that are like Bluetooth capable and shit, aren't they? <laughs> they don't need no more batteries. They don't need no more fucking batteries. They got that Bluetooth ones and shit. Yeah. Just take their phone and stick it down in there and push redial. You got circles? Yes, I thought kind of new the... crazy wild shit got going on. Anybody got any legal issues that got problems going on? Or new stories, fun stuff? No, I got a deal probably tomorrow as well. Anyway, with the actually it's tomorrow Friday, probably tomorrow Monday right. with the uh, what's that, Mikey? With the so-called franchise tax board, they're asking for social oh! tax. Oh, I just got threatened with them. I just got threatened yeah? with those guys. Yeah. Wait, are you sure it's a threat, or they just sent, or they did they just send Ooh, the letter? Tell us. There was this thing, the alleged so-called, um, what you call, probation from a while back, and allegedly it was all done, but just recently I got this, or, well, it was sent to the name, and how interesting this is, it, it, when we talk about like the uh, so-called spelling, the, it was originally sent to the legal name all uppercase. But when you get into the letter, the letter says, dear, name upper lowercase. But then it says, our records show that you have delinquent debt due. Well, who the fuck is our? Who the fuck is you? And what the fuck's a debt? I'm going to have fun with that call. Oh, so you got to deal with that. They, you they deal didn't with like it. it when I was in their office. But that, I'm sorry, brother. What is that? You say you got to deal with that too then, or you already dealt with it? No, no, I have to do it. I, I still haven't called yet. Oh, okay. I, okay, I, okay. Well, I may do that, make that call tomorrow. Because, uh, uh. yeah, that, well, I think you remember, Mikey, you know, when, when they started questioning that shit before, <clears throat> You know, they started freaking out when they had me right there in the so-called office, and I started asking them the question, like, what do you mean by pay, and who's claiming that, and all this other shit, and they didn't like that conversation. You think they got it? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess, when I call over there, because this is going to be a fun one, because the last time I talked to somebody over the phone, they didn't even want to talk. They're like, no, no, don't want to talk to you. So when I was Silent. in the office, right after that, you know, they didn't they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know what to fucking say to me. They kept trying to get me to make admissions and confessions, and I never would. And they finally just gave up. 
<laughs> they leave you alone. Probably huh? having a guest. What's that? Well, that it culminated because if you remember, you know, there was like several conversations that went on, like for a few different so-called meetings or whatever. And the last one, the last time that they ever wanted to talk about this so-called debt that they're referring to, it, the conversation went on for about 20 minutes, and it ended up where the the guy in front of me calling himself the probation officer or whatever was doing everything he could to make me make some admissions and confessions, asking me this and that and the other thing, like, well, when you're driving the car and you, it needs gas, and I'm asking him, what do you mean by driving it? What do you mean by gas? And this guy was just twisted in the breeze. And he's like, well, if you get to the pump, what do you do? Uh, get out and I put the nozzle thing in the side of the car. Well, what do you do before that? Well, what do you mean? I walk to the pump. What are you talking about? And he kept trying to get me to say, well, you know, you put the little card in. Would never do that. So finally he gets down to he's looking for someplace to go. And so I opened another little door for him just to see where we're going to go with this. And I, so I asked the brother, I said, let me ask you this, brother. If I was to pay something, would that mean that I'd have to own something to be able to pay for something? He said, well, yeah. You don't own anything? And I said, well, I'm led to believe I don't own anything at all. And he says, well, who owns the clothes on your back? I looked his brother straight in the eye and said, I'm led to believe God. There was nothing but 10 seconds of pure silence. This guy just looking at me like, oh, fuck, where do I go with this? (laughs) (laughs) And when he started to say something, just almost exactly that 10-second mark. He just took that conversation and walked the fuck away from it. He started something else. <laughs> and after that, there were several times where I kept trying to put <coughs> the conversation on to them to say something about it again, just because I wanted to have that fun. I, you know, I'd say something about pay or talk about a Federal Reserve note or even say something like cash in a conversation somewhere along the way, but they would never go back to it. They would. They just left that shit the fuck alone. <laughs> and God, and God, we trust. Everybody else pays. And God, cash. we trust, brother. Everybody else pays cash. That's it. So yeah, I'm figuring that tomorrow I'm gonna call up and have some fun. They're probably gonna be spinning the fuck out, but I don't care. It'll be fun because usually a lot of times I get. Why do we have to keep going in circles? Well, who says we're going in circles? Could it be that you're the one going in circles and I keep asking you the same question, dragging you back to it when you run away? <laughs> like, who the fuck is claiming that I owe something? When can I talk to them? Are you assuming liability for that? Nope. Okay, when can I talk to the one that is? Not you? Oh, could it be that there is nobody? Could it be that if there is nobody claiming that there's a debt, there is no debt? As the world turns. (laughs) Hey, they can do a soap opera called that.
What is that, Mikey? Um, no, 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 you said something. I just repeated it. But um, yeah, that's fucking uh, awesome, dude. So yeah, what, when did that happen, this, Popeye? That happened. Oh, uh, it was probably about six months, seven months back, something like that. They, it all started when they started pressing me for something called payments of some sort, and they were saying, "Well, you agreed to do all this." Well. Who's saying that I agreed to anything? You know, I just started asking questions. And then they, and literally, it all began when I really started getting rolling when I, on, at three different points in the conversation, I literally tried to drag them <laughs> off the topic of it being a, being a contract and trying to get them to agree that it was actually some kind of an order or, you know, uh, 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 demand, uh, you know, from the court that you know, I'm on this probation and I need to make these payments or whatever. And every time I was, they, no, 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 this is a contract. No, 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 not contract. This is, this is, uh, you know, an order from the court. This is, Something that has been demanded by the court. Nope, nope, nope. This is contract. Well, after they said that for the third time, then I said, okay, great. Then where's the real party of interest? I fucked their asses. I let them fucking hang themselves with that shit. They insisted that it was a contract. Okay, well, if it's a contract, then where's my real party of interest on the other side? And if there is no real party of interest, how the fuck is there a contract? (laughs) I like that. Kind of agreed with them. You're like, yeah, cool. Now where's the real part of interest? Yeah, well, that was the thing, brother. That's the whole reason why I did it. I wanted them to be absolutely adamant that it was a contract. Yep, I wasn't going to have there any gray areas, and I was going to make sure that they they expressed that it was a contract. Good. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah, yeah. Acceptance, acceptance is honor, I heard. So, Good job. There you go. And so, you know, I'm just, and that's part of why at that point, then I wrote the letter. I wrote a letter stating that I wish to meet the real party in interest or whoever's willing to, you know, officer or agent for the county that's willing to step up and assume liability for whatever claims. I don't care. Real party in interest or somebody that's willing to assume liability. To me, it's all the same. I can care less. Because if it's not the real party at interest, as long as there's somebody willing to assume liability, somebody that I can, that's willing to hang that burden on their own shoulder and I'm able to keep it there, then all good. That's all I want. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I'm getting ready to file, too. I'm going to be filing here pretty soon for this credit card things and see how that plays out now too. Nice. <laughs> that would be really interesting. That's going to be really fun to see how that plays out. In fact, I'm thinking well, about me... that do uh, what I'm thinking about doing is I'm thinking about doing that DBA that Carol was talking about before I actually file those suits just to just because I know that that's going to muddy up the waters even a little bit more and make it even more interesting. 
How could what it be the effect? I don't know. But I'm not walking in with any real expectation. <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, I recognize that if I've done everything right, that ultimately I should end up with a judgment in the favor of the legal name. Now, there is that, that I figure that that should be, but I'm, I fully expected it. Well, no, there's several reasons why a judge can just say because I said so and blow it all off. So there is no expectation that I'm for sure going to win, so to speak. But, um, yeah, fun, 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 man. This is some great times to play with this stuff. I think we're living in some of the most exciting times there ever could be. I really do. Because whenever could you right. do some of the things that we're doing now, you know? Now, exactly, you know. You will do greater things than I will. Well, yeah, you know, and, and most of it's because of the, like, what we're doing right now. You know, we're chatting over the Internet on phones and shit, you know. We're doing this stuff that could never be done before. We're exchanging ideas and information that's never been done in a way that it, at any other time in history. And when we got people like you, Mikey, that was literally on camera in a call collecting gear, Dude, that fucking was one of the most beautiful times that I've ever seen. I, I don't know why we didn't no record idea. that. I don't know why we didn't Pop, record right? that. Right? That should have been on fucking recording, dude. Because that, that was so prime. And I'm telling you right now, bro, I can't tell you that between you and Dusty, it has so changed the life and how I deal with even the so-called stories. Ever since then, for, well, over a year, well over a year now, you know, I have yet to so-called pay for shit at Target and Walmart. Walmart. I fucking walk in there, I fill the cart, and I fucking walk out. Dude, last time I did it, I walked in, I did it, I had to go a couple of days in a row because I forgot some shit when I was at the Walmart the first time. So when I went back, I was like, fuck, I really need to go to the grocery store, and I don't want to do go to make another stop. So I just did the whole grocery shopping there. But I wasn't there for that. I was there for this other piece of gear that I'd forgotten the day before. But then they're like, all right, fuck it. And the way the store is set up, the grocery section is right there near the the entrance exit doors. So I just walked out, and the one little greener that's checking the receipt, she just looks at me. I looked over and smiled and just kept on walking. There you go. Business as usual. Nothing new under the sun. Business as usual, bro. Well, the thing yeah. is, I walked in with the intent that I'm just using it, and I know that it can't be stolen because it can't be paid for. Duh. <laughs> right? How the fuck can you steal something that can't be paid for? Can't be owned. How the fuck do yeah. you steal something that can't be owned? And how are you owned? stealing if you have it right there and then, right in your arm? Huh. Well... If it's That's in my cart, awesome. <laughs> the cart that I'm known to use at that point, you know, and the fact of the matter is, it, right. because of the way it is, if I, once I've pulled it off the shelf, the deal is done. Now it's in the cart that I'm known to use. It's my gear to use or my food to what's, use. What's the, what's the rule of possession? Nine-tenths of the law. There you go. Actually, in some ways, it's even more. In some ways, it's even more. Because, like, if we're talking about, say, like, um, even more so, Property, land, um, actual possession is pretty much it. You can be the holder of the what is known as the 
constructive title holder. Basically, that would consider be considered the owner, the landlord. But if you're the the zest, if you have possession of, you actually have more control, more so-called rights over that land than the so-called owner does. And literally, if we're breaking it down to more chattel, if you were to look at it, this is how the law looks at things. Say like you have a car that you need to get repaired, so you take it down to the mechanic and you give it to the mechanic to repair it. And then ultimately, you just go and pick it up. In the eyes of the law, if you didn't pay for it, you have now committed larceny. Even though the mechanic doesn't actually own the car, he's in possession of the car, and essentially at that point until you've allegedly paid for it, he has what's known as the mechanic's lien on it. So you could be considered to steal your own property in the eyes of the law. But here again, how does one steal? You can't, you know, the fact of the matter is, even a car, and the reality of it is, you have to claim that ownership, but once you recognize that you can't own anything, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because it's all at that point. Right, and if it's not their, yeah, if it's not their property, just a simple question. I think Bad said that to them one time when he was doing the Walmart thing. He's all like, "Is this, you know, when they asked for the receipt <laughs> when he was walking out?" He, he said, uh, "Is this yours?" No. Then what do you care? And he just walked out. <laughs> well, that's it too. I mean, when it comes down to it, like what's known as shopkeeper's privilege. And or in a general sense of if somebody sees somebody committing a so-called crime, well, if somebody thinks that you're stealing something, unless they have absolute knowledge of previous ownership of said item, how could they ever for sure know that you're stealing it? It was stealing. It's false. could be considered false claims in a sense. Well, it could be because even a so-called store employee, the store employee is going to see... It, what they believe is a theft, if they see somebody taking something off the shelf and just walk out the store without stopping at a cashier to so-called pay for it. In their mind, it's being stolen. But the fact of the matter is, since they don't recognize the fact that nothing has ever even been paid for to put that shit on the shelf, thus then there has never even been ownership by the so-called corporation, again, there still can be nothing stolen. They don't recognize that. They just see oh, well, that guy is stealing it. Yeah. You know, that, that in itself is one of those things where, and particularly in the eyes of the law, if somebody thinks that you're stealing something, they can, and they're not a so-called officer of the law, they can put you under what is known as citizen's arrest. But the fact still remains, unless they know true ownership of anything, how would they ever know that for sure anything has ever been stolen? It's all based on hearsay and assumption. They're just assuming that something has been owned and you are not the owner. Well, assumptions, that's what it comes down to. All they're doing is assuming. Oh, sure. That's it. That's 100%. 100%. 100%. 
And that, that's kind of the whole problem with the whole system is it's all based system. on you're, you're, saying saying. Yep. You're, yeah. you're saying assumptions. You're saying assumptions. Uh, you, hear you, hear that, you hear that everywhere. Here's saying. Here's saying it's driven by linguistic sleight of hand. What's that, brother? Here's one for you. Um, friend of mine got a three-day notice to pay rent or quit. And there's a bunch of premises on this piece of paper. You know, it says something about it. You know, uh, you, you got you have to vacate the premises. <laughs> And I think the premises are that the name at the top that it says two is, is like your name. And then it says you have three days after that below that, you know, instead of saying <coughs> the name above, you know, and mm -hmm. it says, uh, it says uh, the name of an LLC and it says landlord in parentheses, which I think parentheses takes it off the page. And of course the heading at the top is in dog Latin. You know, notice three day notice to pay court, you know, with no dots in between all the words. So there's a poisonous gloss on this page. Right. But, and it's and it's written very ambiguously it because down. it says you. Yeah, and then you go down a little bit further and there's the agent that you could pay a check or a money or, or a cashier's check or money order, but no cash is acceptable. And it doesn't say that this gal is the agent. It just says you could pay to her. And then below that, it has the name of another company, uh, another corporation, another ink, well, ink on paper. Uh, and it says landlord after that one, too. So uh, I was thinking about helping him draft a, a questionnaire right back, you know, that says, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of premises on here. And, uh, you know, how many landlords are there? And what evidence do you have that you're the landlord? And, and can I speak to the claimant, you know? I mean, is this agent willing to take personal liability for, uh, you know, um, verifying the chain of title and that the, uh, you know, ink on paper owns the land and, the, you know, and all that? That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it could be. I might even start with the ambiguous language of who is you. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. Start with the very beginning of it because, simply put, everything should be questioned. Everything and quite frankly, who's you? Let's establish who is you first, and then we can go on from there. And and particularly as, as you move along through the letter that was sent, I would take pretty much all the most ambiguous language and I would drill them on it seriously. I, in fact, I got the school to resubmit a. Uh, the so-called diploma. Send me an extra diploma. It was supposedly supposed to pay something called $30 or whatever. And it said it on the website where you put in your information to get this. And about three months after I got the diploma, I get this call from somebody saying, you owe us $30. And I said, great, when can I talk to the person that's actually claiming I owe something? Well, that's actually in the records department. Great, when can I talk to the records department? Well, send an email to them, and then I'll, and then they'll send you something. Okay, great. So the records department sends this thing saying, "You owe our records show that you owe this much." Yada yada yada, and the, and then they said something about, well, the and the only reason that you wouldn't is if you did not receive your previous diploma. 
Well, I'm recognizing the we's and the you's and all this is ambiguous language. So I write back, I do not believe I received anything. They said it wrote back, okay, we will zero out the account and you don't know nothing. <laughs> and I, I didn't, all I was doing was just playing on the ambiguous language. I was just clearly playing on the ambiguous language that was being used and I used it right back. And I noticed on the on this three day notice it says uh, five hundred and forty pesos, and never was it written out like you do on a check, you know, dollars in longhand. And yeah. The, of course, it's the peso sign, and so um, I guess they're asking for five hundred and forty pesos <laughs> to the landlord. But yeah, I'd love to look them in the eye and say so. Yeah, doesn't God own everything? And we're all trustees, well, right? Yeah, right? And, of course, I'm yeah. led to believe a peso is like a dollar, and there is no such thing as an actual peso. A peso is a unit of measure. Same as a dollar is a unit of measure. So, you know, when they're asking for so many pesos, pesos of what? Fine. You say, oh, pesos. Pesos of what? You say, yeah, oh, give me a six, gallon, a gallon of what? Pieces. You say, oh, a pound, a pound of what? You say, oh, a yard, a yard of what? Pesos of what? <laughs> I love that fucking little script. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> I love it too, man. It's the shit. Because, yeah, seriously, pesos of what, bro? Dollars of what? Then, pesos yeah. of what? If you ever got to a courtroom, you just, you know, and then an attorney shows up for the ink. And you say, uh, Your Honor, uh, would you ask this uh, representative of the uh, stack of paper registered at the Secretary of State's office whether he has any firsthand knowledge of anything to do with this matter? And he would ask him, do you have any firsthand knowledge? He'd have to say no. Well, Your Honor, I believe he's disqualified as a witness and... uh, I'd like to meet the claimant. Uh, can you please put, you know, Joe Blow Properties LLC on the stand so I can ask them about their firsthand knowledge? Oh, you well, can't find it. And a, a lawyer really can't say anything, shouldn't ever say anything in a courtroom because they are not a witness to anything. They have no firsthand knowledge of anything. They can never act in that capacity or should not be able to be allowed to, I should say. But, of course, the courtrooms work on presumption. Presumption and assumption and premises. False premises always, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you is the United States, you know. If you look up location of the debtor there in the uh, United States code, it'll it'll say United States is in the District of Columbia, and that's the location of the debtor. Well, yeah, that's the the District of Columbia is the United States. That's the only place that the United States actually exists is in the District of Columbia. And the discharge set off all the debts, aren't they? Allegedly, the yeah, because they're the ones that wrote HCR one ninety two. Public Law 7310, now codified into Title 31, Section 5118. Pretty good for that, huh? I got that shit memorized hard. 
Channel 31. Channel 31. Yeah, HDR 192 was the original legislation that abrogated the gold standard and said that nobody can ever ask for a specific form of payment, ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever. <laughs> Did I mention ever? <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, and, and of course, it, it's not, the funny part of that is particularly when you recognize that in connection with something like um, the Clearfield Doctrine, where it says that if the so-called government is requiring any kind of or you're using their private scripts called the Federal Reserve Note, then they're reduced down to nothing more than an average person to the same as any other living, breathing, so-called man. They have no so-called authority. Really or makes immunity. it very interesting. What's that, brother? Yeah, and they, and they lose the immunity as well, don't they? Well, yeah, if it, the uh, if that ends the immunity, of course. Yeah, because there is no immunity for the average so-called citizen or person. Right. And they don't, net, yeah. and, and, you know, they'll try to, this is that corporate veil shit. And this is part of why I love to ask the question, who's assuming liability? Or are you? Are you? I don't know that I recognize that I'm saying ambiguous language, but even though the idiot on the other side, like the DAs, every time I ask the DA that, they fucking run. Yeah. Are you assuming liability? Nope. I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm not talking to you on the record anymore. Great. Let's get it all on the record. Hey, have you you heard you've heard heard the saying uh, you can't control anything unless you created it, right? Yeah. And people will say they created that name so they control it and stuff. Well, you know, you could ask the uh, <laughs> the so-called landlord. Well, did you create this land? Uh, how, how could you control it? If you didn't create it. How could you be the landlord if you didn't create it? Well, this is where part of my problem with the idea of ownership. All ownership begins with land ownership because nothing else could be without the land first. Everything that we have comes from the land. So when people talk about ownership of land, I think it's completely ridiculous to think that you can own something that has been here longer than you, will outlast you, could suck you up and never spit <laughs> you out. It's way more powerful than you. And, oh, yeah, by the way, where the fuck is your title deed that you got from God? Say that God gave you ownership of this land. Please. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous to think that we... Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and to think that, oh, well, just somewhere along the way, we just arbitrarily started writing shit up and I claimed ownership of this land and because I put it down on a piece of paper, now that makes it true. Oh, fuck, right. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, well, you know what, that that leads me to thinking about how your feet make landmarks in the, in the dirt, you know? If you walk through the sand, you leave a landmark. And it's your landmarks that they put on the birth certificate. And yeah. wow. if all ownership comes from land ownership, if you don't get the land patent for your own body's land, then I guess you're never going to have any 
anything, you know, you can't own anything because all rights come from land ownership. You wouldn't have any rights. You wouldn't have any ownership unless you well, control see, that's that land. Well, and even to get land patent on the so-called body that you use, to me, even this idea is ridiculous because we're it's we're talking about talking. No, I get it, but the thing time. is, well, what it comes down to though is this. You're, you're talking about, particularly if we're going to get the land patent from an entity called the government, and it's all you're going to get is a piece of paper saying whatever. Well, the problem that I have with that is this. All so-called ownership begins with the so-called <coughs> legal name, the legal name that is derived from the thing called the birth certificate. And if we recognize that the birth certificate is the hearsay that it is, but yet that birth certificate is supposed to be God's gift to documentation in the legal world. You know, it's on banknote paper with all the fancy frilly around the edges. It's got that raised embossment seal and the barcodes and the signatures and all this other shit that's supposed to make it God's gift to documentation. And if it's nothing more than hearsay bullshit, that would mean, in my estimation, that any other piece of paper with ink on it is even less than that. So even to say, well, I've got a, I've got lean patent on my body. Okay, well, it's a piece of paper with ink on it. Outside of proven ink sticks to paper, it came from a fictitious thing called government. What does that really mean? And, and it, the idea that somebody that you don't even know is making an arbitrary decision about whether or not you own your body? How do they even have proof that you own the body? Who can prove that you own the body? <laughs> How does one prove that you Ask a dead man about his right to breathe. How do you own the body? I know that I use it. And I know that if I cut the hand off, the left hand, it used to be part of the body, but now it's not. Do I still, can I still claim ownership of that? I can't even claim usage of it anymore. <laughs> I was in a, a, Zoom, a Zoom call a couple nights ago that only displaced people, you know, Jackie Figs. Um, it was a great call. Uh, one of the guys, it's uh, Mike from Chattanooga, was talking about how in the system only three entities can own property. It would be a government, a church, or a trust. Anything else is going to be a lease. And so, government. Wow. There, there's, there's a, a word that's sort of ambiguous in itself. Well, it's all ambiguous, brother. If it wasn't, we'd be yeah. all looking for something else to do, said the dean of the school. Well, I'm serious, bro. That was one of the most important conversations that the entire rest of the class, the fucking, what the professor said went right over like a lead balloon, but it meant so much to me. Seriously, think about it. This is the, the dean of students for Purdue University, Concord Law School, says, to me in a conversation in front of the entire rest of the class. If it wasn't ambiguous, we would all be looking for something else to do. 
about it, bro. It, none of it means fuck all. It don't mean yeah. fuck all. Yeah, and seriously, it don't mean fuck all. I mean, literally, that's it's what the fucking professor said. It don't mean fuck all. What's that? That's why they call it baritry, creating controversy where there was none. Well, essentially, yeah. And, and, of course, this professor and I had... Ambiguous language. Well, we had a couple of conversations since then about a few things, and he was amazed at some of the things that I've been successful at just by simply asking certain questions like, are you assuming liability for that? And when can I meet the claimant? I keep thinking about how... What's that? You broke up a little bit. Yeah. Report. Yes. Changing and how we can fast from each other. What happens? I heard you say what happened. It's been quiet up until then. Can you yeah, you were breaking up really bad. I can hear you clear as a bell right now, but you were breaking up really bad a minute ago. I couldn't hardly hear anything, and then it went blank. <clears throat> I got a rotten connection out here with a metro phone out in the boondocks. Damn it. It likes to read. You know, yeah. And so. Damn it, Metro. Probably really. Some applications aren't good with that, at least in the past. I've seen where if you get one person with a laggy connection with computer gaming, it would slow down the game for everybody. So. 
I hope it doesn't do that at TalkShoe. <laughs> Who else is on this call right now? Mike, are you still there? What about Dusty or Hobbs? I heard Hobbs on here earlier. Oh, Mighty Mike. Mighty Mike's usually on. Well, Batman Jr.'s Mike's muted. And then there's Texas Mountain and the 520 guy. And... Well, damn, everybody's so lively that it, they, they must have just passed out from all their liveliness or something then, huh? Ambiguous uh, adjective, 1520s from Latin, ambiguous, having double meaning, shifting, changeable, doubtful. Adjective derived from ambiguity to dispute about, contend, and debate. Literally, to wander, go about, go around. Figuratively, hesitate, waver, be in doubt. Double meaning. Fork tongue. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty ballsy shopping. <laughs> shopping for groceries that way. Man. <laughs> that reminds me of the guy. There was a guy in California. What's that? There was a guy in Cal guy in California got arrested in the in the uh um what do you call it lane? The commuter lane, you know. Because um, he they only had one person in the car, apparently. And when he got pulled over, he had a birth certificate in the passenger seat. And he goes, Well, if corporations are persons, you know, there's two persons in this car right now. And uh, it made the newspapers and stuff. That'd be kind of like something you're doing, you know? You come out of the grocery store and they, hey, are you stealing that? And you're like, well, are, are you claiming that, you know, you know whose, whose groceries these are with firsthand knowledge? You could, that would make the papers too when you get arrested. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have to, the guy finally like pled, you know, paid a fine or something, but he pushed it for quite a while. And he didn't appeal it or anything. You're right. I'm letting the league. You don't get arrested. And quite frankly, and this is the thing with like what I've done at the so-called Walmart. You know, when I'm walking through that Walmart, I'm in there. I, I literally, I walk in like I'm walking the path of Jesus. Like I, I own it all. That there is nobody above me, and particularly when we're talking about those so-called store employees that are acting in the capacity of a dead thing, and they cannot exceed the capacity of that dead thing, so I am the only living, breathing person in that store, as far as I am concerned, in relationship to that store. Now, obviously, there are other so-called patrons there, but they're not part of the picture because they're not going to be the ones claiming anything. Because there's only human monsters. Yeah. Right. 
So, gotcha. you know, to me, when I walk in there, I walk in like I'm all that in the bucket of chicken. I don't give a flying fuck <laughs> one way or the other. And that's part of why, like, when I walked out the other day and I looked straight at the girl and gave her a big old smile because I wasn't fucking worried about it. Somebody shows up, I just start asking questions like, who's claiming that? Who's assuming liability? Are you assuming liability? Okay, well, if you're not the one assuming liability, why can't I talk to the one that is? That shit will go away. That shit will go away. Now, the one thing I can say is there's been one so-called local grocery store where I've done this a few times and they, they started getting a little antsy. And I didn't want to cause a whole lot of trouble with them because I tend to go there quite a bit and fam- other family members go there and we're kind of well-known in there. So I pushed it right up until the point where they started literally calling the cops and the cops would be, like, right there, and they never could catch me doing what they thought I was doing. Because, well, sometimes I would do something that they considered paid and still sometimes do. But And they, they like, watch, and then they can't seem to ever catch on as to exactly what I'm doing when I'm doing it. But they suspect something. They suspect something. <clears throat> it's funny as fuck. It's funny as fuck. Yeah, reminds me of the, the little old lady that got into the shopping uh like uh, electric cart in the in the grocery store. She's uh, a couple doors down. And she uh she likes her vodka. She couldn't afford any. So she put a bottle in her purse. And then drove down the aisles and bought a few other things. And the manager walked her out to the car and helped her load all her groceries and then handed her her purse and said, have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) Big, heavy purse. (laughs) One of the more interesting conversations, and this is right at the beginning of this last semester, uh, we were talking about in class, intent and a couple of the classmates were having a little bit of a hard time grasping this basic thing in it i put it like this look if you literally walk into the the store with the intent that you're only going to use this whatever it is that you pick up off the shelf you have not stolen it period end of story and the professor backed me up he said yep He's exactly right. That's exactly how it is. That's exactly how it is. If your intent was to use it versus stealing it, it's not a crime. Period. So, uh, so if you're just using that that uh, house that they want the three day notice, but and you're not trying to steal it, it's not a crime. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, brother. Exactly. And and now couple that with all the ambiguous language that they sent out in that letter. You couple that with all that ambiguous language, they ain't got shit on your friend, bro. They ain't got shit on him. It's in California, and I was looking. 
you can yeah. just with believing in government and believing in the legal system, you could somebody can stay in a property for anywhere between a year and a half to as much as maybe three years when you when you just believing in government and believing in all that. Once you're beyond that and applying some of what we're talking about, who the fuck knows how long you could stay in a property then? Because now you're you're going way beyond. Because now you're playing what I refer to as the game within the game. Because you you've yeah. gone through all, and you're literally dealing with the core, the nucleus of the whole thing. That's and true, and then out there that can actually deal with you on that level. So think about that. Since there's so few people that can deal with you at that level, there's not going to be many people that are going to even approach you. This is part of why I'm so, when I when I graduated from pre law, one of the friends called uh, practicing attorney. Now he used to be the prosecutor for the city of Long Beach here in California. And pr- prior to this conversation, this is like I said after I graduated pre law, he had already made the comments that I was dangerous. I was scary, all this other stuff. But I said to him, I asked him, I said, you know, I just graduated pre-law and right now, I still don't feel like I know shit from Shinoah. And you've already made the comments that I'm scary and dangerous. Just think about when I do actually know something. He literally turned to me and said, that's when you're going to be scary fucking dangerous. You're going to be scary and the funny thing is I wasn't trying to be scary I wasn't trying to be dangerous I wasn't trying to be fucking (laughs) I was just asking questions (laughs) how funny is that bro just because I'm asking questions, I'm scary fucking dangerous. Asking questions is how do you get out how you get out of that that circle. Like a a, a circle with a little gate on it makes the letter Q, huh? For questions. Well ultimately like yeah, I found gate. It. Oh sorry, go ahead, brother. You're done. Well, it's like if each letter has a symbology, it's like opening the gate on a sheep fence to ask a question. Uh, it opens the the door. That's why it's a key. A key has a little gate down at the lower right hand corner. And it's I the first letter in the word question. By asking questions and staying on point, you will make the other party, and you know, obviously, typically the other party is somebody representing a so-called corporation, so they're still in that dead capacity. But I've literally heard this at least a few dozen times. Why do we have to keep going in circles? My reply is, could it be that the only one going in circles here is you? Because I keep asking you the same question, and you keep running away from it, and I keep dragging you back to it. I mean, that's literally how it goes. Because most times, and so often, 
this ends up happening when, you know, whoever it is on the other end is not wanting to air something. And it's something you pretty relevant. You know, it's something relevant. It, it's a question that needs to be answered. And why would anybody ever move forward until relevant question at hand is answered? Well, sometimes you get a, uh, that reaction like the old episode of Star Trek where they had that one where they said, Landry will know you're not of the body. <laughs> and it turned out Landry was a computer, remember? Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. They, they look at you kind of funny when you start speaking real like that. Oh, bro. Well, let's, tell you. let's just go along with a lie. Come on now. The the ink on paper owns everything, man. Give them some more ink on paper every month, you know, because the ink on paper in the folder in the file cabinet at the Secretary of State's office is the landlord. They can't talk, but yeah, it owns it, man. It doesn't breathe. Because of Come my on. basic life, and I get it all the time, all the time. I just laugh. I just laugh it off. Now, I think it's funny when people call me an idiot because they have no idea of anything about me other than I just asked one question, and based on one question, they've made this great assumption that I'm an idiot. And usually the question based on hilarious or, or interesting and, of course, very ambiguous that the other person has said. You know, one of my favorites is when somebody says something about common sense. Well, number one, when has there ever been a certain amount of knowledge or intellect that was automatically common amongst all people? This is such an ambiguous thing to say, common sense. It's common sense to do this, that, and the other. Okay, maybe it is to you, but to the next guy it may not be. And to somebody on the other side of the world, it may not be. And, you know, like when people say something like, well, everybody knows that you need to have a driver's license. Well, number one, how does everybody know? Is is it automatically just in everybody's brain that you have to have these things? Or is it something that you're told and continually programmed, but yet this gets into that hearsay assumption? It's hearsay to believe when somebody says that. It's an assumption to think that it's actually true. And the whole thing by just saying everybody, who the fuck is everybody? This is that linguistic sleight of hand. Who the fuck's everybody? Are we talking everybody on the face of the earth, all 7.9 billion people, people on the other side of the planet that don't even know shit that I know about here and the driver's license? Fucking since when? Yeah, it's all it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. One hundred percent pure bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. uncommon sense. Well, yeah. Uncommon it's, sense. Well, and the thing is, think about this. That common sense. The common sense thing would be akin to, in the so-called courtroom or in the legal realm, what would be considered the reasonably prudent person standard. 
And the reasonably prudent person standard is what would a reasonably prudent person do in the same or similar situation? Well, nobody fucking knows that either. Nobody knows what a person would do because nobody knows for sure what any one person would do in any one given situation. That leads me to, to think of the, those Ten Commandments again right there. Maybe if, you know, if you looked at those, that should show you what a reasonably prudent person should do in any given situation. Well, there's some basic generalities that I will say that usually, and this is kind of how let's look at. Most, uh, a reasonably prudent person would understand that to just go out into downtown and start punching people walking up and down the sidewalk in the face is wrong. A reasonably prudent person wouldn't do that. This is a basic generality. But the, the problem is, is none of your so-called legal issues are ever based on generalities. They're always based on more extremes. Because we're talking about the extreme of something that's why it's ended up being a controversy. Because if it wasn't an extreme, if it was minor, it wouldn't be a controversy. It would be easily dealt with and done. Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking about this, fuck, dude, I can't tell you the number of times that I read case law or case rulings, I should say, because it's not just all the so-called case law, but it's the entire thing where these judges, Literally, and and they know that this is an issue. They talk about the ambiguousness of it. How you know this judge over here in this jurisdiction he went that direction, and this other judge over here in that other jurisdiction well he went another direction. And you know I'm thinking I'm sitting right here in the middle, and I'm thinking fuck all y'all. I'm gonna go pick door number three. That reminds me, like, yeah, years ago, early on, I was reading about the uh, common law jury and how, say, uh, a law is null and void for vagueness, and if more than, what, 10% of the people ignore a law, it's a bad law. And then I thought, well, gee, you know, if, if they've got, well, originally it might have been five, and allegedly, you know, now there's allegedly nine <laughs> Supreme Court justices, right? And they never all agree unanimously. So they're they're oh. they're kind of making a mockery of that. They're saying it's all ambiguous. Well, it's null and void for vagueness. You can have the, all the Supreme Court justices convening for coffee in the morning, and, and not one of them agree that it's coffee that they're drinking. I mean, come on, bro. This is how much it's fucked up. Because there is no fucking set standard across the board. All the, everything, every fucking court ruling, every fucking piece of legislation, every code, every statute, it's all ambiguous. If you don't make a counterclaim to it, they don't have anything. That's the whole thing. That's part of what makes the so-called batology and the bat, or the Batman method, whatever, however anybody wants to refer to it, so brilliant, because until you actually make the counterclaim, they don't have anything. Because, and of course, this some of this goes into the symbolism. Most people don't recognize the symbolism of even the scales of justice. Most people think the scales of justice are there to weigh evidence. Oh, because it doesn't start with evidence. 
it starts with claims. Scales of justice are there to weigh claims. Or claim against one. And if mm-hmm. your claim outweighs my claim, then you win. But if I never make a counterclaim against your initial claim, they've got nothing to weigh. You're standing at the courthouse doors wanting to go at it, and I never show the fuck up. You got nothing. And literally, this is how it is. And even in the criminal sense, they want you to believe that in the hearsay and assumptions that a stack of paper, the people, the state, have brought a claim. And everybody standing in front of you, the PA, prosecutor, whoever they are calling themselves, is always going to say, well, no, it's not me. I'm representing the state. But the state is the people. Okay, great. When did you talk to the people? Never. When did you ever talk to the state? Never. When it, I mean, to talk to the people, people is a legal term. And it's talking about the group in a sense. It can also be singular. But when has any DA ever talked to everybody in the so-called state? Never. Not that I've ever seen. So how do they know that it's the people of the state and the, all the people of the state are granting them the authority to do so? Never. If they're going to talk to a, about the stack of paper with ink on it, okay, well, when has the stack, when has any stack of paper with ink on it had the ability to give any living, breathing man anything? A gift. A gift of a drink of water. I get up off the table as a stack of paper with ink on it. I walk over to the water, the stream. I scoop a cup and I hand it to the living, breathing man. When has that ever happened? Because until that's ever happened, when is that stack of paper ever said to a living, breathing man, I grant you the authority to X, Y, and Z? So, you know, no matter who you're talking to, until they can actually prove any of these things, they even got shit. And then once they, if they, if they could ever prove any of that, then they got to get into and at least in my estimation, and this is part of why I am considered so dangerous, because if we're going to talk about a code, statute, violation, or whatever, regulation, violation, we got to realize, number one, that all this stuff was all an opinion before it was written on a piece of paper. Well, the first thing that has to come to mind, in my estimation, is that in that so-called courtroom, they've got to prove, number one, that it, one man's opinion applies to any other one man but the man that had the opinion to begin with. Other than anybody else called his peers that agreed with that man, enough of the peers, a uh, uh, majority, half plus one, 50% plus one, agreed with that man. Now that there's 50% plus one that agreed with that man that his opinion was good, now they wrote the word code across the top. Now they're going to say that now this Opinion, because it's not called a code, it ain't opinion, it's a code. Now this is going to apply to everybody. Well, I don't give a shit if you write code across the top. You still got to prove that your opinion applies to me. Then, if you can prove that, now you've got to prove that an opinion, a thought can actually be violated. If I express my opinion to somebody and that person punches me in the face, I'm pretty sure that they've just violated my physical being. They violated my face. 
But I don't know how they've ever violated my opinion. My opinion still stands as it is. Now I'm just thinking that that guy's a fucking asshole, too, so now my opinion has been added, too. So if anybody could ever prove that one man's opinion applies to everybody else, now they've got to prove that an opinion can be violated before they can ever even begin to prove that opinion has been violated. It's all fuck-all bullshit. I li- and I literally have it down that tight, bro. This is part of why I'm considered so scary dangerous, because I understand the system that tightly. I get it. There is F-plus. F-plus at least. F-plus at least 51. F-plus at least 51% believe in the delusion, though, which makes it scary. Well, this is part of why, when it comes down to it, my biggest thing that I look at is going to, like, the writings of Malcolm Gladwell where he talks about in the tipping point where it's always been small groups of people that were never even intending to make major changes made major changes. And quite frankly, it seemed like the ones that were really not wanting to change anybody that made the biggest changes. Groups like the Beatniks in in the village in New York when they started wearing hush puppy shoes and they literally started clearing out the used clothing stores of hush puppies because hush puppies became so popular to the beatniks in the village. But then shortly thereafter, mainstream popularity arose and next thing you know, freaking hush puppy shoes was on the verge of going under. Next thing you know, they're booming again and they're manufacturing like there's no tomorrow. Etni shoes, Etni skate shoes were marketed to skaters on the streets. There was no advertising campaign. There was no money spent. These were just a small group of people that were making shoes for skaters, did not want to be in mainstream malls. But now they're everywhere in damn near every mainstream mall. They didn't want to be there, but they ultimately ended up there because they didn't want to be. Think about that. These groups didn't want to be worth up, but because of what their attitude was, everybody wanted that. Well, this is part of what I think is why being the change you want to see is so important, too, because it's not about going out and being evangelical to everybody and trying to get everybody to change and talking to them about making change. No, it's just being the change you wish to see. Others see, and I've already experienced this. People see it in me. They see the benefits that I reap, and they don't want to follow me. They just want to see if they can reap some of the same benefits that I've reaped by doing some of the same things that I'm doing. So it's not necessarily following me in the sense that they're following down the same path. It's just them applying the things that I've applied in my life to their life, discovering how beautiful it can be. Amen. You know, I um, they say you remember that one decision uh, opinion of some some Supreme Court case where the guy says uh, only a belligerent claimant in person is uh, 
defending his rights is going to be uh, or asserting his rights would be uh, would have any rights of the, of these bill of rights, you know. But you know, and I was trying to like, and I'm looking at the the uh, you know make no claims angle, and then uh, I think if uh, if you never made a claim, it wouldn't get so far where you had to become a belligerent claimant anyway, huh? You know what well, I mean? Well, that's just it, and this is the big thing. You never have a time 100% across the board when won't be making a claim. <clears throat> it's almost impossible, by estimation, to be 100% claim free. There's always going to yeah. be some like, claims are going to be needed to be made. But this is part of why, when I talk to people about this stuff, I differentiate two parts of what I perceive as batology. And that is batology 101, where in the beginning, you need, need to get very used to making zero claims. No claims, period. You you take everything that you ever want to say, figure out how to reword it, and put a question mark at the end. You make no claims. And do this for a good several weeks to a few months, however long it takes you to get used to making no claims, where it becomes natural, instinctive. Then you can move on to what I refer to as advanced biology, which is where you can get into other questions, good, better, best. And literally, this is where you don't, it's kind of a tricky thing. You have to maintain the knowledge that you have, and the more knowledge that you have is better. But you don't want to use the knowledge as the leader for whatever you're about to do. You want to use it as the guidance to. And by that, what I mean is this. Get into the good, better, best questions by understanding what is supposed to be and then asking the questions that expose whoever it is that you're asking the questions of, you expose them or they ultimately expose themselves with their answers, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes that sounds uh, more than making sense. It sounds very wise. Yeah. And ultimately, the biggest thing where I, the place that I focus on the most, because this is where I've had the most success, that I do recommend going wherever you can with it. But that is to sit quietly, let whoever it is say whatever the hell it is that they want to say. And be very on point. Listen very carefully to for the most important thing of whatever it is that they said. They may say a few things that are important. Just pick the most important one. And then ask them to define whatever it is that they just said. You know, like, and just an example, like dealing with the so-called probation officer. When they wanted to have me pay something. Well, one of the first things I ask is, what do you mean by pay? Part of why the so-called probation officer tried to get me to go down all these paths of, well, when you're sitting at the cashier, what do you mean by cashier? When you're doing this, when you're doing that, how do you do this? I don't know. What do you mean by that? I'm still trying to figure out what you mean by pay. 
way I look at it is this. Let's just say that the word pay is synonymous with this thing called government. Well, if we know that government is nothing more than an imaginary entity, such as Santa Claus, well, the same as Santa Claus, if the story of Santa Claus is not real because Santa Claus isn't real, then that would mean the rest of the story of Santa Claus isn't real too, such as the elves, the reindeer, and so on, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so if the, if the word pay is synonymous with this thing called government, then what is pay? What do you mean by pay? You just got to recognize the words that are being used, recognize the connection to the entity that they're being used for, and just simply question it. Question it as if you have a completely empty cup. If you know what HGR 192 says, if you know Title 31, Section 5118, codification of Public Law 7310, if you know what these things are, if you know what a, a promissory note is, you know some of these other pieces of the so-called puzzle, it becomes very easy because you're asking these questions with confidence that you know what it's supposed to be. You know the so-called guidelines by which these so-called government agents are supposed to be following. There's no guesswork there. And, and of course, a lot of times they'll try to tell you, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, oh, bullshit. Because that pendulum swings all directions. If they're going to read off a so-called code statute or whatever and say word for word, well, this is how it applies to you. Well, word for word, that's how it applies to them too. It's just that simple. That pendulum swings all directions. But once you recognize who you are as a player in the game, you recognize that you've got these pieces of information in the head. Yeah, this is where the pathology, the advanced pathology, really starts to come into play because now, and particularly, this is part of why I love the are you assuming liability question? Because I'm literally getting down to that point where whoever is standing in front of me in the form of a question, a different question, I just ask them, are you the one I get to sue if I get hurt? They don't want to have fuck all to do with you when you start asking that. I can assure you, dude, I've had fucking judges run out of the courtroom when I've asked judges that question. And then they ran back out when they came back in, called the case back up, and the first thing out of my mouth was, was that a yes or a no? Oh, yeah. I'm that fucking on point. And the judge did run back out of the courtroom, set another hearing date on the way out, told the clerk, set another hearing date, boom, 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 gone. He could change his drawers, huh? Dude, they don't want to have fuck to do with me. I suppose that could work at the uh, it, while you're sitting in an automobile and someone's at the window demanding, uh, you know, maybe trying to commit aggravated identity theft. And, and you might say, well, you know, are you going to assume full liability if, uh, you know, if, if if an identity is is given? Well, there's Hopefully. several different to ask that too. First. You can even ask, what do you mean by an identity? Are you asking me if I'm the same as something? There's a lot of different things that you can ask. Now, I can assure you, though, that particularly nowadays, most of these so-called cops, because 
have dealt with this already, already are going to start labeling you in their own mind as a so-called sovereign or a sovereign citizen, which is actually a complete oxymoron, but that's how they're going to put it in their mind. And, what evidence do you have that I'm a citizen? Well, there you go. That, that's, where you, that's the kind of thing that you need to ask. And in fact, several times when I've been asked by so-called cops, because I'll be asking questions of them, and they'll say something like, well, are you one of them sovereign citizens? And I literally ask, what's a sovereign citizen, or what is that? Last time I asked that, the cops said, well, if you don't know what a sovereign citizen is, you're not one. I didn't want to get smart-ass with them and say, what evidence do you have of that, brother? Maybe I am. I just said, oh, okay, if that's what you believe, brother. And I just walked away. But literally, I could have taken that down even further. What if I am? How do I know, brother? Could you please explain it to me so I know? I didn't want to go down that path, but ultimately, that's kind of how it is. In fact, one of the two different brothers that are been around for a while. One of them has stopped hanging out a bit in some of these calls. But he spent quite a bit of time. And another brother that's kind of in and out still to this day, both at different times, but in traffic court, where they were asking questions and the judge said something to the effect of, I know how to deal with sovereign citizens. I know how to deal with your ass too. And out of the mouths of both of these idiots comes, I'm not a sovereign citizen. When they told me this story, and of course both of them separate times, but literally within about a month of each other, I was like, are you fucking shitting me? You guys actually made that claim. You made that claim, really. And do you know how many major claims you made in that one claim? Because there's actually a bunch of them. But, but no. I said, well, think about it. Number one, you claim that you're not something. Do you have any evidence that you're not that? Do you have any evidence that you're not a sovereign citizen? Well, no. Then why the fuck do you make that claim? Oh, I don't know. Then two, <laughs> you agreed with the judge that a sovereign citizen okay. is a thing. something existence. Yeah. And not only that, but then the third thing is that you actually agreed that your idea of a sovereign citizen and that judge's idea of a sovereign citizen were the same fucking idea. You fucking idiot. Why the fuck would you do that? Holy shit, asshole. No, you. when a judge says something like that, you ask that fucking judge, what, what is a sovereign citizen? Let that judge fucking define whatever a he thinks is a sovereign citizen is and then once that judge is done saying whatever the fuck he has to say then you ask the question what evidence do you have that I'm that shut the fuck up holy shit (laughs) verbal judo that's all you want to do that's part of why the, the passage out of the Bible where Pontius Pilate says to Jesus, you're the king of the Jews, and Jesus says, you say I am, is so important. Because Jesus mm-hmm. is literally saying, okay, you made the claim, you prove it. This is onus probande, one of the most important maxims of all the maxims. 
he who brings the claim must prove that claim, and if he cannot bring the evidence to support that claim, that claim must be found against that man that has brought the claim initially. That's why that's so important. Onus probande is one of the most important maxims of all maxims. But most people don't recognize that. Most people don't think about it. And most people are automatically geared to automatically make counterclaims against all claims. You were speeding. No, I wasn't. You were shouting. No, I wasn't. You were this. No, I wasn't. Well, I mean, and just to think, think about this. When somebody says you were speeding, Okay, who, okay, but what definition is speeding? You're exceeding who's the speed limit. And who's you? Who? Now, I'll tell you this. I know How many people do you see? Brothers, <laughs> there's been several brothers that have actually went at, on roadside, curbside, had a cop at the window, asking for things such as an ID, this, that, and the other thing. And the brother asked, Questions like, well, who's claiming that? What do you mean by a driver's license? Whatever. And ultimately drove away. Wow. They've been very successful at it. And not even the, the cop didn't get hot, didn't throw, you know, threaten to pull him out of the car and tase him or anything else. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Now, do I absolutely recommend doing that? This has got to be a subjective thing to everybody that's out there. Would I absolutely do it? No. I don't know that I would. I, I, I don't know that I wouldn't, though. I would probably do it a little bit, but somewhere along the way, if it seemed like it was starting to get too heated, I would very smoothly transition to pulling out the piece of plastic that I believe they might be looking for and holding it up and because of the fact that I understand what's happening at that point, ask this question. Will this piece of plastic suffice? They ask you for an ID, driver's license, or whatever. This is contractual language. This is an offer. If you hold up the piece of plastic that you believe they might be asking for, and I happen to use a so-called state citizen passport, makes me a so-called national or whatever. I hold that up and I ask, will this piece of plastic suffice? To a T, not once have I ever had any other response than, yes, that piece of plastic will suffice. The most important part of this is not the fact that we have contracted, but the fact that I have changed the terms and conditions. I, I rejected the original offer to produce an ID. I counter-offered with a piece of plastic and the other party even though they're operating as a dead person, agreed that what we were exchanging at that moment was not an ID but merely a piece of plastic. Now, at any time in the future, because I've just set up the test board, I'm playing several moves ahead. If it ever comes up that anybody ever says something about, well, he gave me his ID, I get to ask the question, when did we ever agree that it was an ID? I believe we agreed that it was a piece of plastic. Remember, I held up the piece of plastic and asked, will this piece of plastic suffice? And you said, yes, that piece of plastic will suffice. Done. Done. It's advanced. 
over with. There was never an ID exchanged. And if you understand what an I, what ID is versus even identification, ID is it. ID is super ego. And most people don't get, you know, when you when they put out ID, it's I period, D period, as if there's two words. Well, identification isn't two words. So how does I period, D period, ID come from identification? I think it comes from infant decedent. Well, it may be if you were to get deep into some of the hidden secrets that nobody can ever really verify, maybe. But ultimately, when we're talking about both the words being used on the street, because ID or just ID not or it, not I period, D period, but it, yeah, but look when, it up. When you walk into a bar, yeah, it always, it's, it always says you must show ID to enter, like uh, in a bar. Yeah, and it's all and, in I period, D period, yeah. I, I know yeah. one guy, he said he always asked for a receipt. And, uh, for showing that to him and a receipt for his uh there's a cover charge you know for his taxes well he can do some of that stuff particularly if you've done the so-called dba i'm led to believe but yeah it's still what it comes down to and even doing that stuff i i believe doing some of that stuff can be rather fun too so why not my opinion if all these things these so-called Agencies are set up as trust, and the legal name is supposed to be the beneficiary, and you're supposed to be the beneficiary of the beneficiary. Then why not get the fucking benefit? Therefore, I had uh, I did have some uh, two officers. What's that? I had two officers. Uh, just real, real quick on the IDs. I, I did that myself. There was two officers at my door, an hour after the party was over saying we heard that there was a ruckus or something. And I said, well, it's, do you hear any ruckus? And they didn't know. I said, well, then I guess everything's cool, right? And they said, did you have any ID? I said, they said, can we see your ID? I said, you want to see my id? No, we want to see your ID. I said, I'm chuckling. I go, you want to see my id? And the third time was a charm, you know. You want to see my id? And they smiled and left. Never saw my id. Well, anyway, I'm go ahead. On you remember the Wizard here. of Id? You remember the yeah, comic yeah. Wizard of Id? Well, and the you thing the is, comic? this is one of the when when I started the pre-law, one of the things that was the most poignant that stuck in the mind when the friend Tim, the one that was the prosecutor for City of Long Beach, said to me that in any situation, particularly in that courtroom, you got to remember that anything that goes unquestioned, unobjected to, and or unrebutted is considered to be consented to and or true. And so I asked, so that means that I should basically be questioning every word. And he said, yep. And of course, along the way, through the pre-law and now done with the first year of law school, Pretty much every professor that I've asked that question of is all agreeing that yes, every word, every word should be questioned. Every word. Which is why I question every word. 
it is so important. Do you recall Wizard of Id? Do you recall the comic strip Wizard of Id? Yeah, it, you, it's all about that. Do you recall that. the comic strip Wizard of Id? Let's ask those questions. Do you yeah, what about the Wizard of Id? Do you recall the Wizard of Id? The comic yes. strip? Yes. Id is sex drive. Wizard of the sex drive. It is. Look it up. Well, the Wizard okay. of the sex drive, and it was in our comic strips every day in the newspaper and Sunday funnies. It was in color. How great was that to be raised well, in the seventies? The whole, the whole system is based on that. There's phallic symbols and, and symbols of the vagina all over the place. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement it's with you. Where it's I'm in totally the churches, it's in governments. The, you, know, you go and walk, look at the Washington Monument. And, of course, it's next to a, a large man-made body of water. But when you look at it from that other end, from the far end of that body of water, it also then shows you as above, so below. Yeah. It's all right there, guys. It's all right there. All you got to do is have the ability to open the eyes and see it for what it is. And it's before everybody's eyes and has been since day one. All all the things and the disclosure is all right there too. It's just not easy for anybody to discern or decipher if they haven't spent enough time studying some of the things that matter most. And in and our hour of darkness, there is still a light that shines on me. Singing words of wisdom, could it be, could it be? There you go. There you go, there you go old brother. I'm led to believe you're, I'm the beneficiary. Yeah. yeah, you're accurate. Hey, it's all good. Love it. Love everything. Yeah. Uh, I like I like to listen to Let It Be by the Beatles and change it to Could It Be. Uh, brother Batman speaks to me. Speaking words of wisdom, could it be? Could it be? There you, go, <laughs> you know, I just I love doing that because everything you're saying is accurate. But but answer all questions with questions and stay on point. Bingo. Do we have a bingo? Staying on, staying on point. More than anything else, staying on point. You can even be asking some fairly shit questions, but if you're staying on point, it's still hard for them to get away from there. Now, of course, good, better, best, you still want to be throwing out your best questions as possible, but facts still remain, staying on point seems to be the single most important part of the whole thing. Because that's literally when it comes to the anything that ever is said goes, is considered to be consented to and are true. There's even a Supreme Court case that says that if a defendant knows a certain thing to be such, and all the pressure is against him, it's his duty to even risk being chucked in a cage for contempt if he knows and, and never leave that point. The Supreme Court says it. If you know something to be such, 
don't leave that point. That is your duty to do so. And if you leave that point, you've just consented to whatever the fuck you get. Thank you very much. I'm led to believe that uh, what, you have no, any evidence that I'm a defendant. Well, there's all that. I mean, before you even or, got to or, that or, point. Or what is a defendant? You know, either one. Yeah, all good. What is a defendant? Is that someone that's what, what is a defendant? Is a defendant this is part of why you know, the, the most the first thing is it's got to be asked is when can I meet with the claimant? Because ultimately, how can you discuss anything? You know, I, I don't care what it is. You know, there's the group called the NSP, the No State Project, and they like to challenge jurisdiction. And because there's no evidence of jurisdiction, well, the fact of the matter is there is evidence of jurisdiction if you understand how the system works, but the real problem is why would you even talk about jurisdiction until you actually got the guy making the claim against you in front of you? And it, and I literally mean the claimant, the real man or woman. And when we're talking about these people calling themselves DAs, again, they're representing the state. They're representing a dead thing. They are not assuming liability. I know, I've asked them. One time I asked one of the DAs, if she was assuming liability, she turned white as a ghost. We were literally standing in the courtroom. She said, I'm not talking to you off the record anymore. She started running away from me. Like, great. Hey, get it on the record. I don't fucking care. But that's just it. None of these people that are going to stand in front of you are ever going to say, yes, I'm the one assuming liability. Let's rock. You and me right now. Let's go. They're not. I went to court. Because they're I not. went to court. I went to court one time with a friend of mine, and I was I was helping her out, and and I and I had her listen to all the Batman, you know, the the fast tracks, and all of the, you know, especially with Boris and Peacemaker, and all this different stuff right. that you can find on YouTube and all that. And when we were in court, she she really did a great job, but but it was like the the judge was he finally he said since she wouldn't give the name or acknowledge it, he said. From here on out, I'm going to refer to you as Madam Defendant. And I'm like, I wrote down on a piece of, I wrote down on a piece of paper. I'm sitting next to her. And I wrote down. I was like, what the fuck is a Madam Defendant? And I wanted her to ask that, and she never did. But, boy, I wanted her to ask that, but she let that freaking go and all that. But what the fuck is a Madam Defendant? Okay, a Madam is the operator of a brothel, whorehouse, I yeah. think. I don't know. Tell me. And then what the fuck well, is a Defendant? Right. You know, it's like, Who is you? What, the, what the hell Who is just you, happened here? Huh? Who is you? I would have said, just kept it down to who is you. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you calling you? Yeah. Well, what you, you know, you? I tell you what. Yeah, she had to get she had to get up to speed on all this stuff real quick, and she dropped the ball on a few things. But I tell you what, she never put ink on paper. She never freaking did any of that, and she just kept asking questions. And when can I meet the claimant? She did very well. She really did. I was very proud of her, and uh, I took her to court like six times, uh, and the truck I'm rolling in has no plates, no VINs. I don't have a license. I don't have any of this shit. And the last time we went there, the bailiff walks up to me and he says, who do you think you are? 
showing up here and you're just parking in the parking lot and you got no plates and that truck doesn't leave this parking lot or you're going to get arrested and that truck's going to be towed. And I just looked at him and I said, why are you so angry? <laughs> and after the court hearing was done and she did her thing, being called Madam Defendant and all that stuff, she was kind of worried walking out of there. And it's like, you know, do we dare leave the parking lot? And I said, well, you know what? I'm not leaving it here. And so we got in there and we took off and there was two squad cars in the parking lot at the courthouse and two squad cars on the street. And we rolled about 45 miles back to where our pillows are. And there you have it. And she's just like, how come they didn't pull us over and they didn't arrest you? And I said, because you handled everything absolutely perfect in that courtroom. And I'm sitting right beside you. And they know to well, just leave the peaceful inhabitants alone because we did. And when we were done, you know, I asked them when we were done, they found the legal name guilty on four counts. I said, you guys did a great job today. Thank you for zeroing the account. And I said, you guys want a hug? And, well, we don't necessarily do that. I said, how about a handshake? And the prosecutor was almost running out of the room. And I said, hey, come back here, man. I want to shake your hand, brother. You know, you did a great job today. You got a tough job. And I shook everybody. I shook the clerk's hand. I shook the judge's hand. I shook the prosecutor's hand. And I said, do you feel the love in this room today or what's up? And, and I looked at the gal I was with, and she, said, and she said, I feel the love. I feel the love. And I wanted her to follow suit. I wanted her to do it, but she's kind of new to this. You know, I've been doing this for quite a while, as you guys have, as far as, far as what you talk about and, and share. And she's new to this. She had to do kind of a, a crash course in it. She did absolutely fantastic. And But I wanted her to go up and shake hands, too, and just, you know, I love you. Thank you. You have a difficult job. She didn't do that, but she just was kind of, like, mesmerized by the fact that I did that. But you got to share the love, man. Just share the love. You walk up. Hey, you guys have an awful job. Thank you for zeroing the account. I appreciate it. Discharging it. Whatever it is you guys do, I appreciate it. You guys did great today. Thank you so much. And I, that, her and I walked out. We got in that truck with no plates. And I've been rolling with that thing now five years. Five-year anniversary was October a uh, month ago. And... Uh, and, you know, I've had police behind me, and, you know, I'm going straight, they hang a left. I'm taking a left, they go straight. You know, I don't know what it is. Do they see me? Do they not see me? Is it, do I have some kind of a do not engage, do not detain? I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, That's if I awesome. Have to go through, if I have well, to go it, through it and be. share with you guys getting hauled in one day and doing what we all do, about not answering any questions or answering them with questions and you know all that I'm happy to share but for the time being I don't have any incidents so it's been a long well, time I wonder why, why tell them they got a hard job or their job sucks maybe they enjoy their job I mean yeah, yeah dealing maybe they with the public do, might man. be one thing yeah but, well yeah I can tell you that from well from personal experience the one day that I walked in to the so-called courtroom and they called up the uh, so-called case and I walked up there and said, I'm here for the matter. And the judge starts saying something to the effective calling me by the so-called legal name. And I said to the judge, I believe there's been a mistake. And 
says, what What do you mean by a mistake? And I said, well, I've been led to believe that I, I had ownership of that name or something, but it seems to me that I might be trespassing or committing fraud by using it. I'm not quite sure, you know, but uh, if it makes any difference to the so-called court here, uh, if you could not refer to me by that, refer to me as peaceful inhabitant, that would be great. The fucking judge did it. And literally then tried to trick, um, scare me, I guess, intimidation factor, said something about, well, we'll just ask Mr. Legal Name when he gets here. And I had a shitload. As soon as he said that, I had a shitload of sarcastic, smart-ass shit to say that I didn't let fly out the mouth. I just smiled with a fucking Cheshire Cat type of grin and walked the fuck out of that courtroom like, yeah, that's it. You go ahead and talk your shit like that legal name's going to walk in here. I don't know how the fuck you think that a legal name's going to walk into this courtroom, but I'm walking out. I got back to the lair, and there was literally four cop cars crawling the neighborhood. One was passing right in front of the lair as I walked through the front door. They didn't stop. They didn't come out. They didn't come to the door. When I went back to the so-called court the next time around, the body did not get chucked in a cage for failure to appear either. Yeah, yeah. I went with another friend of mine. Uh, I went with another friend of mine. He goes by Pi. I call him Pi R cubed because he's way out there, not Pi R squared, not three one four one repeating. Anyway, uh, I went to court with him at the same courthouse that I was with this gal, and uh, they 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 just hemmed and hawed and did all that stuff there, and then they they said you're guilty on all counts, and he. And the judge was looking at the piece of paper, and he told the piece of paper, you owe $980. And then he looked up at Pi, and he said, how do you plan to pay? And Pi said, pay what? <laughs> he let him go the whole time. He didn't object or confront anything at all. I, I was sitting there, and I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, you know, uh, shutting down all of their accusations uh, you know, with questions, but he just sat there and he remained calm and everything was cool. And at the end, he said, "Pay what?" And then uh, they said, "You got to sign all this stuff." And he actually, the he was standing up and he was over like at the corner of the courtroom, and the 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 bailiff and like three police officers and uh, the clerk were there. And the clerk put like four pieces of paper on the on the table and said, "You have you have to sign these." And one of the one of the cops said, "You're not leaving here until you sign these." And I, and he's looking at me, and I'm standing over about twenty feet away. I'm in the I'm in the congregation, I guess, for lack of a better word. And I just mouthed to him. I lip synced. It's like meddling. And he said, "Excuse me." to all those guys and he and, and they let him go excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me and he came over to me and he says what was that and i said just meddling is that meddling if you put that on there uh, because we had gone through this Ciro the night before Ciro was the uh yeah, that's Ciro, was point, judge. yeah Ciro was the judge and i was the prosecutor and we beat the shit out of this poor kid to make him ready for this court deal so he walked back there okay. and he actually said, he said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And he went back and he allowed himself to get cornered again back to where he was standing. And then he said, 
if I put ink on that paper, would I be meddling with your paperwork? And all of a sudden, it was like the judge gave some kind of a third base coach steal first base or from the first first steal second or whatever. These it was like Moses parting the freaking Red Sea. And I tell you what, I'll tell you. Pi and I walked out of there with the judge, and the judge held the door out of the courtroom, and he held the door out of the courthouse. The judge went left, we went right, and I said to the judge, I said, thank you, brother, you did a great job today. And he said, hey, you guys have a great day. I just about crapped my pants when this happened. I couldn't even believe it. And that guy, 980, found guilty, the, the name, found guilty for 980 bucks. He's never paid a dime, and he is still rolling in that local area, and it's been probably a year and a half now since this has been. He, the cops don't bother him. They don't, there's no warrant. There's no nothing. It's not what they say. It's what they do. They, he found the piece of paper guilty. The judge did the right thing. He zeroed the account, discharged it. Whatever it is they do, I don't care. But my friend did the right thing. He never put ink on paper. Would that be meddling? And pay what? And it worked fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really great, man. I mean, uh, if I can get a hold of him, I'm I'm no longer in that vicinity, but I would love for Pi to tell his story uh, on on the show one night because it was really great. You know, uh, he he handled it very well. And, I mean, he just, he was at a gas station and freaking a couple officers tackled him and said it was freaking resisting arrest and all this different crap and all that. And, there, you know, $980 worth of charges. And But I was watching and so was he. And the judge said that the piece of paper, he was looking at the piece of paper and he said, you owe 980 and then he looked up at Pi and said, how do you plan to pay? And again, just pay what? Or pay how? Or what's up? <laughs> you need to sign this. Well, if I sign your documents, is that meddling in your affairs? And out the door we went. And wow. I mean, wow. I just, I was so totally, I, I felt like a proud father. <laughs> I did, and he's not my son. He's not my son, but I just felt so proud that it was like, man, you rock. Wow. You freaking, you're just the man right here, right now. And I witnessed it, and I had it on recording, but the recorder is gone. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, so I don't have any proof of it for a recording thing, but man. really been a fun. Well, it sounds good. Really it's really been fun doing this. It really has. Uh, you know, stay in honor. Uh, don't make a claim. And we're the ones that will not be going to the FEMA camps. You know, and there you go. The, the ones who are going there, it's their own fault. I hate to say that. Batman says that, too. It's like, man, I feel bad. And you're going to have to feel bad for some of your brothers and sisters, some of your close friends and all that. But, boy, I tell you what. When they get pulled over and they start yelling and screaming, I don't have to do this and you don't have any authority over me. Well, you just made a couple of claims. You're going bye-bye. It's 
How may I help you? What is your emergency? You handle it that way, you're gold. You're rock solid. You start barking orders at these bozos who've got guns and tasers and all that, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Because well, you're heading for trouble. Yeah. You're heading for Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, to a certain extent, I do feel bad for some of the people that are going to get caught in some of that shit, you know. But the way I see it, there's been enough. Well, the, the thing is, there's been enough talk out there about some of the issues. There's, you know, I can't tell you the number of so-called friends that bitch, moan, and complain about the government in one form or another, but yet they still continue to vote. They still continue to play the game. They, they've had plenty of information posted to them on Facebook and or other venues. I know because I've posted a lot of it. It's not a matter of whether or not there isn't the opportunity for them to go and figure shit out when you look at what they're posting about, oh, did you see this last week's Walking Dead episode? No. What about Yellowstone? Did you watch? No. But I did go and read about some things that actually really matter. I did have conversations with, but, you know, these people, they they have the information right there, and they're choosing not to look at it. They're choosing to watch TV and or do fuck all else, they're making the choices. They're making the choices. So if they've made that choice, then okay, fine. And when the fucking giant government cocksized shit comes rolling up your ass, don't fucking cry to me. Good fucking riddance. Well, this I is agree. part of why I, in so many ways, and, 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 and this I'll, is, I'll cry to you if you want. Were you? Were uh, well, you hold on the, just a second. This is where, this yeah, is where I have. Well, hold this off for just a second. This is where I have a, I, I have to say, and I'm cautious about this because I'm not a real fan of eugenics, but I'm also not so fucking above pulling warning labels off of shit and let fucking nature take its course. You know, if stupid people want to do stupid shit and they end up fucking killing themselves, oh fucking well. Survival of the fittest. That's how you advance the breed. Anyway, go ahead. I just wanted to get that last part out there. (laughs) That's all right. Were were you on at the beginning of the show there? We were talking about, we were talking about like the food and health and maybe some colloidal silver and and some detoxification and some... I believe I was. And all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, I was on for a little bit. Yeah, but the thing is there too with all these people, with all these people that we know that are our, our friends and family, and all that stuff who aren't getting it, who just may end up in these camps by making claims. Uh, I, you know, we spoke about it earlier, and I'm going to just go through it one more time. But it's, you know, if your brain is not functioning properly with detox, you, you know, we're all overloaded with heavy metals. Whether you want to believe that or not, we are. We are. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying we are, okay? We got arsenic. We got mercury. We got depleted uranium. We got all kind of chemtrail. We got all kind of shit in our bodies. We need to detox that. We need to put good food in our bodies. 
and we need to detox and we need to give ourselves good digestive enzymes so that the body functions properly. And then when the body functions properly, the brain functions properly so that people can become aware of what we speak of on shows particularly like this. And if they are talking... Sure, sun gazing they, too. Don't leave out sun they, gazing. They, sun gazing. All of, those, all of those remedies, brother, are fantastic. Yeah, mention whatever Sun gazing is very hard to do, though. That, well, it, well, there you go. But you know what? Uh, if you can't do it, imagine that you do it, and that's just as positive, in my opinion. So, but yeah. it's, it's, do as, it's, it's do as much as you can for proper brain and body function. And, hey, I'm sitting here with a beer and a freaking cigarette talking to you about this. But you know what? I feel great. And I function great. And I learn. And, and damn good cigarette. That yeah. I hear that I share. I'm, I'm sorry. So, but, but the people the people that we know, the people that we know and we love and we care for and we want them to be uh, on board with us as far as not going to these camps or, or being part of the Georgia Guidestone uh, depletion of, you know, 50% or 75% of the planet's population or whatever. You know, we want we want the ones close to us to be with us, but they turn our backs on us. And I have really, really close friends and family that I have, they're, they no longer speak to me because I let them know about the stuff that we are talking about here tonight, the very things. And they tell me I'm full of shit and I'm a bag of garbage and fuck you, I'm never talking to you again. And we all have those people in our lives, I think. I can't speak for everyone. But you know what? The toughest part of this whole thing is you got to, unfortunately, let go. Because if they want to remain toxic and they want to go down that road, that free will choice thing is a freaking motherfucker. It is. But I cannot hold... I can't hold my I cannot hold my sister down and say, God damn it, you're gonna wake up, bitch, or I'm gonna keep punching you in the face until you do. I can't do that. And neither can you or anyone that we know. We can't pound the truth into their head. We can't pound the the make no claim because I mean oh, I own this. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. And it's like, claimants. It hurts. It hurts every time you hear it. It hurts me every time I hear it. Okay, I'm going to speak for myself because I can't speak for anyone else. But it does. It 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 almost freaking kills me because I just want you to wake up and just. It's not follow my lead. Just wake up and then show me something. Show me something that you've learned about making no claim. And then we're going to be on the same page and everything is good. And they won't do it. And when you find out why, let me know. Because I don't know, brother. I don't know. I want to save everybody. Yeah, I want to save everybody. This is part of why I pretty much have stopped doing that. And in fact, what I have found to be rather effective is to pretty much actually go in a direction where most people don't really get where I'm going right at first. People that are be, would be more along our uh, or so-called anarchist way of thinking. Because I start, I, I literally will start asking people questions that 
really kind of boost their ego about whatever it is that they believe and just keep asking them questions and ultimately get them to the point where they're exposing all the flaws themselves. Now I, I can usually take people from A to Z in about a half a second. And most times if I do that, they just go straight to going cross-eyed and mute. And once they go cross-eyed and mute, then it's over with because I just literally take them straight to the question that exposes the flaws in their thinking and thus their behavior. And they can't answer that question because of that. They can't answer the question because it would literally expose themselves as being a fraud, ultimately, because they're, they know that what they're saying and doing is ultimately wrong. That's, you know, for, but you, if you do people, it subtly. I tell you what. Well, I was yeah. just going to say, if you do it subtly, you can you can actually get them to, you, you can literally get them to fully say some of the things that you want. And it's things that you know are there. It's just a matter of them finally coming to the realization. And if you do it right, um, ultimately, it's as it, it's done as if they think that they're coming to the conclusion on their own, which changes things in their mind because it's not a matter of then you telling them. It's a matter of they finally kind of come to the realization, but a solid realization, and now they kind of want to own it, so to speak, if there could be even ownership of an idea, much less anything else. And ultimately well, I what you, I okay. do... Well, nice, I was nice going. Say, I do it in a series of questions. Go ahead, go ahead. Nice, nice going, nice going with planting what I call planting the seed, and they may have heard it a time or two from someone else, or maybe you were the first one that they heard it from, and then you, like with me, I I plant the seed. Sometimes I get an adverse reaction to it, but then later on. Uh, it might be months or years later they came they came back to me and they were like okay you mentioned this one time to me and I heard other people speaking the similar way and so uh, if I planted the seed they threw fertilizer if they planted the seed I threw fertilizer which is exactly what you appear to be doing in in my opinion here and it, it, we can't get it done by ourselves. We, we're never going to change someone, in my opinion, just by us talking to them. No, no one's ever going to flip and go, well, okay, I'm in the system and I'm getting this and I'm doing this and I got my job and I got my bank account and I got my 401k and I got this, but I'm talking to you now and it's like, holy shit, this is a bunch of fucking garbage. That that never happens in a single conversation and they can use well, it. Well, it, it could and, though. And that's what it could though, is, brother. Is, I disagree. <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree, and I'll tell you why. I, you can pull I, it home and land it all in one. Well, I, I, I've, applied what it, I've applied several different tactics. and I, When I was in corporate sales, I learned that there was three basic questions that you use, and, and you can use these questions in any kind of a situation. And all we're talking about here is getting somebody to come to the same conclusion on an idea. Basically, you're trying to sell an idea. And ultimately, if you know certain aspects of it, it becomes rather simple to do. It's just a matter of asking the right questions. 
Now, the three basic questions are your leading yes or no questions. It's going to be this, yes or no. Then there's their, your either this or that type of questions. And this or that would be, do you like the light or dark colors of this item? Well, I like the light. Okay, do you like the fancy buzzers and bells or no buzzers, buzzers and bells? Oh, I like the buzzers and bells. And then there's your open-ended questions where you allow the person to think about the situation and then come to their own conclusion. I call these paint-the-picture questions or taking people to the beach because ultimately when I started, when I started learning this stuff, it was a scenario on the beach that was used to help me see it, and I started using that same thing. And what I do is I have the person imagine themselves on the beach with another person sitting on the blanket, some music playing on a radio, picnic basket with some snacks in it, but out on the horizon. Then they put a Polaroid of that in their pocket. And then I start asking them questions such as who's on the blanket with them? What are they wearing? This, that, and the other thing. You shut the fuck up every time you ask the question. You let the person sit there and think about it. Who is there? What is that person wearing? You let them think about it. Even if they're having a hard time thinking about it, shut the fuck up and let them think. They're going to come up with the answer, okay, well, they're wearing a bikini, and it's a pink with white polka dots, and the blanket is blue with red uh, flat on it. It's a the boat out on the horizon is a fishing boat. It's a sailboat. It's this, it's that. It's reggae music. It's rock. It's this, it's that on the radio. The snacks are fruit or it's a sandwich. It's this, that, or the other thing. Ultimately, no matter what the situation is, though, I'm in control of that conversation because I'm the one asking the question. So I can take them down each and every one of these paths. And I can be very successful at doing it. I know because I was very successful at sales until I burned out on it it was a very fun thing to do I can take anybody down at the same kind of a path on any other conversation what you do is you ask them the questions that starts to take them down the path that you want and you shut the fuck up let them think about it don't answer for them once you they get to that point where they're starting to paint the picture on their own head Pretty soon, you know, it's ultimately the picture will be complete with a lot of detail. All you've done, you, you, the canvas is in front of them. All you've done is applied suggestions through the questions that you've asked. You allow them to think. They're going to come to this conclusion. As long as you're asking the right questions, they're going to come to the conclusion. Now, in the world of sales, it's in these kind of questions where everybody that I was standing in front of would hand me the information that I needed to know to close them, which is why I had a really high closing ratio of close to about 36 to 37%, which is really pretty high when you consider that a 33% is average. People that close in at around 40% are considered to be beasts. So, are you doing that here? Are you doing that here? No, I'm not doing sales anymore. I I got burned out on it and I went back into contracting, but now I'm actually retired from contracting and I'm just doing school full time. Are you leading? So, 
Are you leading the people? Are you leading the people here, though, that you're talking to? Are you leading them down the path to agree with you? To you know, I, I want to get back mm-hmm. to the chick with the pink polka dot bikini. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not necessarily. Because anybody, if if somebody has a method, they can do the same basic thing. More power to them. I'm just suggesting, and and I utilize a method that has been utilized for a long time. This is a culmination of reading and applying Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People and mm-hmm. a few others. Yeah. Like I mentioned, The Tipping Point by Dale or by um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell and some of my other sales training. And I'd had some sales experience oh. prior to getting by into corporate sales, but that's where I got refined. By the way, though... In in my opinion, uh, those books and stuff that are the guidelines that you just spoke of, kind of, in my opinion, kind of some sinister motherfuckers. Carnegie's not a good man, brother. No two two ways about that, but from the standpoint of how he was able to get some of the things done that he wanted to get done, he was also a genius in that. You gotta, you gotta recognize that there might have been some nefarious uh, agenda there, but the guy was genius in how he was able to get some of that stuff done. There's no two ways about that. Because of who he was involved with, and then he he came up with the Carnegie Bookmobile and the Carnegie Libraries, which is of course the public brainwashing of our youngsters. And everything is edited, and uh, you only get the knowledge that he lets you have. He, you don't, you don't oh, get sure. the knowledge that Carnegie had. You get the knowledge that he lets you have. Now, I, in my opinion, well, sure. Carnegie can take a freaking sharp stick and poke it somewhere on himself. In my opinion, so but <laughs> he's dead now, so he can't do that. But anyway. We can go on. Well, like, anyway, like I said, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. You've had great, great, in, great insight. You, you've had great insight to this tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I freaking I appreciate it. And let's continue with, you know, helping people with. Don't make a claim. That's all it's all about. That really it is. You make a claim, well, you just freaking you. Then, then, like I said, Carnegie can poke himself with that sharp stick wherever he wants to. We're poking ourselves with that sharp stick wherever we want to, and we are the problem. It's not the system. It's just, you know, answer every question with a question, and it drives them nuts. However, you're proving yourself to be a peaceful inhabitant, and that's what we want to do, and that's what we want to share with people. And, you know, like I said, and and you and you shared it, I think, earlier, uh, but, you know, we, we've lost friends and family and stuff because of what we're doing. We only want to share oh, yeah. what we've and what we've gone through, and we want them all to be safe and, and healthy, happy, and abundant. And, boy, I tell you what, with, with, the, with the brainwashing or, well, the, the, the institutionalization through the school system and all these different things, Carnegie, thank you again, uh, but, you know, we we just want everyone to be healthy and happy and safe. And, and, man, if I could save the world, I would. I'd save each and every one of you. Don't even care if I know you or not. I'd save everybody. But I can't do it. 
you know, you got to do it yourself. That's the pisser right there. That's that free will choice pisser right there. And thank you, God, for giving it to us. But, man, it sure hurts when somebody just says, you're full of shit, bird. You're a fucking bag of crap, and I never want to fucking see you again or talk to you again. Fuck you. And then it's like, man, that that was kind of a dinger, you know? Look, I mean, I love you guys. I don't want you to freaking say that to me. And and I want you to be safe. And, and then, you know, sometimes they never come back, but sometimes, you know, over a period of time they come back and they go, hey, what did you mean by that? You know, that's one of the best days of my life is when someone comes back and it's like, bird. What the hell were you talking about back then, about making no claims and every question with a question? And and then I, it's like, all right, I'm going to let you back into my life. But we got to have an accord here, an accord. you got to live it, you got to learn it, you got to walk it, and you got to pay it forward. Do we have that accord? And people have come back into my life and said that, and they've done it. And some have come back into my life and taken a big freaking deuce on me. Man, I mean, shit all over me. So, And that's okay. I can't judge. I can't, you know, I still love them. I wish them their safe journey. And, you know, but everyone that I've helped and they and I've, I've sat side by side in court with people and we pounded them and, and prepared them for court. And just, and I've had, you know, Ciro even told me, it's like, thank God you're not a prosecutor, Bert, because you're one of the meanest motherfuckers I've ever met. And, boy, I'm treacherous. You want me to play, and I'll do that for anybody, uh, anybody who has to prepare for court. If anyone wants to call me, hey, I will give you my phone number, or it's on the, on the board probably, but I will be the prosecutor. Someone can be the judge. I will beat the living fuck out of them in preparation for court so that they can go in there and not make a claim. I'm happy to help in all categories. All of them. It's, it's, it's what we should do for the ones who want to do this and want to pursue this and, 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 and go down what I believe is the, the path of creation or however you want to label it. I don't even know what the word is for it, but I know I'm happy. I got a roof over my head. I got a pillow. I got a four-legged canine friend of mine. She's one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. And, you know, every man's entitled to one good dog and one good woman. Well, I'm waiting for the good woman. And uh, I just, I love everyone and I'm here to help in any way I can. there hello I'm here. Quit. oh okay how'd you like my how did you like my rant that was good good all right that's what the, I, well, I, I thought you was just I, I thought you was just unloading <laughs> oh i guess it's the same thing huh <laughs> i love it Thank you for your patience, guys. Okay, you guys get to talk now. But you know, I just love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm I, I'm I'm kind of like Batman in the sense where I, you know, well, I've had quite a few beers. So thank you. 
Appreciate it. Now for some pizza. No worries, brother. <laughs> some of the best friends I have I've never met. I am quitting smoking. Um, uh, happened a couple of days ago. Uh, I was, I was just kind of under the weather, and then uh, I coughed some phlegm up, and then uh, I found out it looked like uh, it looked almost like it looked almost like somebody put the activated charcoal in the, in my phlegm. And I'm like, all right, who's playing a joke on me? And I'm like, all right, that does it. I'm gonna quit this shit. I just oh. let one. So. You just good breathing. <laughs> <laughs> wish you, I wish you success with the uh, with the quitting smoking. And then there now too, uh, have you listened to interview? with the devil it's on youtube it's three hours and 40 minutes long it's pretty interesting because uh, uh is, that the, is that the full morris guy or no i don't know who it is okay. whatever I, I only listened to like the first hour and a half and then well i got sidetracked and i had to light a cigarette and get a beer but uh it talks about how the devil it's it's very interesting i i really like it because it it talks about you know, beer, alcohol, and tobacco, and how the devil gets control of us, and how it uh, lowers our, you know, pineal gland and all these different things. So if if you if you're there and if you're there and you want to shut down the cigarettes, good for you because it's just going to open up more things as far as even the health we talked about earlier. Uh, you know, and my days, I, I've, I've been talking about it for a while, too, and it's like the days are numbered uh, for the cigarettes and the beer. Uh, I want to relieve myself of all of those things as well. So uh, do your, uh, for lack of a better phrase, baby steps to uh, quit the harmful vices because even the beer and alcohol manufacturers, you know, they're quoted as saying, uh it is not to be consumed, it's to be sold, you know. So, I mean, even Joseph Coors there up in Colorado, he don't drink, you know. Jack Daniels, he didn't drink. He sold it. They make it and they sell it. It's not to be drank, it's to be sold. Well, wait. That's why they don't show commercials of people drinking it. <laughs> there, you there you go. Yeah, Joseph Coors doesn't fucking be freaking cannonballing a freaking... Uh, uh, 32 ounce Coors up at the freaking uh, uh, snowy mountains there in Colorado. He just stands there and says, "Hey, drink some more of my beer." But he don't drink, you know. And uh, I knew a guy too that uh, he's he's dead now. But I knew a guy and he had uh, he had like he got like a fifty thousand dollar check from Coca Cola every quarter. He had all the, he showed it to me. He said, I get four of these a year. I get one every quarter. Here it is. It was like, it was like freaking, I forget what it was. It was, it was like twenty five or $30,000. It's like, yeah, I have that many stock, shares of stock in Coca-Cola. And I said, well, do you drink Coke? He said, no, I do not 
drink any soda pop. Nothing. Nothing. But he got a hundred grand a year on dividends and in the living room or actually in his office there was a picture of him and his son and George Bush Senior by an oil well. And his neighbor up in Wyoming is Dick Cheney. I mean, holy shit, money, 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 money. But that guy, if he had, like, scotch or whiskey or whatever, with water. He never drank. He had lots of pop. He had lots of booze, lots of beer. Anyone who came over, you could have it. But he had whiskey waters, and that's all he had. He said, nope, I don't do anything other than that. And he, he wouldn't do it. And he and he said he only has like two a day or two whatever companies over or whatever. Didn't drink. Yeah, he said it's to be sold, not to be consumed. He said that. He's dead now. But, yeah, so, get, you know, and there again, hey, I'm sitting here with a beer and a cigarette, so, you know, who am I to judge? But it's like, that's what these people do. They're poisoning us. They are, and they're loving every minute of it and making a boatload of dough off of doing it. Now, too, you know, if if you want, we can go down the sidetrack of, of, you know, vaccines and all that. I'm staying at a place here now with these kids and all that, and they're they're the caregiver for grandkids and all that, and they want to give these kids vaccines and flu shots. And there's stuff on the on YouTube now uh, where the FDA has even revealed, they've even admitted that the flu shot is one of the most dangerous things you can ever give to anyone. And people are begging for them. You really want to go down this road? Well, it's free will choice. I can't stop them. You know, and but here's your evidence. Here's your stuff. Want to do it, and some of them still do. Why I don't know. I've never had a flu shot. Have you, has anyone there had a flu shot? Anyone listening? Raise, give me a big freaking booah if you've had a flu shot in the last ten years. Go over. They can't talk. They're dead from the flu shot. <laughs> they can't talk. <laughs> Promotion is paid for considering for the paid for by the following. However, they do. Can't talk very loud at the moment. You guys are great. You guys are great. What, you guys all go take a piss at the same time or what? Just ignoring me. That's fine. God, that bird's a windy fuck. I'm Morgan, I'm Morgan, I'm Morgan Freeman. Uh, we're going to listen to bird take a piss, and uh, we're going to talk about penguins in the winter. I'll be right back. <laughs> what? Uh, you guys are great. Oh, shit. Bird likes to swirl his uh, urine around the toilet. <laughs> 
Yeah, those vaccines are super it's an odd. An odd yeah, even strokes. Being careful not to stain the side of the bowl. He uh, reaches for his toothbrush and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have a camera? What the fuck? Do you have a camera in the bathroom? How do you fuck? You don't even know where I'm at, or do you? How did you? You've been watching me peeing. Not, now I'm paranoid. Silence. Water trickles slowly, never increasing sustenedos, or how do you say that? <laughs> Lines, please. <laughs> we'll just edit that one out later. I'm Morgan Freeman. Huh? All right. Well, here's one. I'm laying There's no one really talking, and everyone hates uncomfortable silences. Uh, yeah. Back when I had the plates on the truck. I was pulled over in Scottsdale, Arizona, on Scottsdale, and uh, well, I was lit up like a Christmas tree, and I was going to meditate because I like to go meditate lit up like a Christmas tree, and I got pulled over. Uh, the plate was expired, but the truck wouldn't pass emissions, so I had a temporary tag in the back window. Then I got pulled over, and I, I pulled off Scottsdale Road, and I went down 68th Street, and I pulled off on a side street, and the cop walked up. I rolled the window down, put my hands out the window, and when he hit the back bumper, I stuck my head out, and I said, health, happiness, and abundance to you, brother. How are you doing tonight? And he just about fell down. And I recorded it, and I do have it on an old freaking Mac computer. I downloaded it on there. I don't know if I can get it off there because it's an old piece of junk now that you can't even upload or update the software. But anyway, um, so he walked up and it's uh, license registration insurance. I said, supervisor, please. He stepped back and he did the call and the supervisor came. Well, not only did the supervisor come, but well, there was like eight other ones. It looked like a freaking carnival behind the truck. And I walked up and it's like, oh, here. And I said, well, I'm unaware that there is a problem. What is the problem? And this was back before I even knew, like, the answer questions with questions. I just somehow managed to navigate my way because I was listening to dummies like uh, Winston Shrout and creditors and commerce with uh, Gordon Hall and all that crap. And uh, they they came up to the window, and I was like a block away from my destination. And it's like, how come you didn't pull over immediately when the lights were on? And I said, well, I, I figured I'd pull off into a more secure uh, residential area uh, so that uh, the officer wouldn't, like, get run over. You know, I'm looking up for his safety. Yep. Is that all right? I always do that myself, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, showing him peace, showing him that I'm protecting him. Yeah, it was great. Hey, consider it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so, uh, well, uh, I need you to identify yourself. And it's like, well, 
uh, I'll show you the driver's license as long as it won't be used to contract me with me in any way, shape, or form. And so I gave, I gave, I gave him the license because he agreed that it wasn't going to be used to contract with me. And so, and then he said, step out. And it's like, well, excuse me, I'm going to open up the door now. Can you back up a little bit? I'm going to get out now. And I got out. And and they and I went to the back of the truck, and they said, "Have a seat on the curb." And I, I remembered uh, I remembered um, Mel Gibson in the first Lethal Weapon when he was talking to the dog, and he said, "Don't you know sitting on cold concrete will give you piles?" So I said that to the cop. It's like, well, sitting on the cold concrete, you know, can that give you piles? And if so I want, didn't write that down. And they put they pushed me down, and I said, "Hey, hey, guys, you know, I'm not resisting, but you know, you don't have to be abusive." And so I sat down on the curb, and I had a copy of uh, the the County Sheriff America's Last Hope by God. Can someone help me out with that? Uh, Richard Mack, Sheriff Rich, retired Sheriff Richard Mack from I think it's Pinal County, Arizona. I had a copy of that book, and I put it right on the freaking seat when I got out of the pickup with the window down. And so I'm at the back, and I'm sitting on the curb after they pushed me down, and there's like eight or ten bullies standing around me. I, honest to God, I thought I was like Doug Flutie calling a play. Why would you call bullies? Quarterback for a... A, a loser football team. And anyway, but I thought I was a quarterback calling a play in a football huddle because these guys were all huddled around me. And I just looked at him and I tapped the bumper of the truck and I said, hey, that is that supervisor, like, going to open that door and search that truck without consent? And one of the cops said, no, he's not opening the door. But he had the flashlight in there and he saw that book sitting right on the seat where I got out, America's Last Hope, the County Sheriff, by Richard Mack. And he came back to me and he said, all right, we're going to do some roadside sobriety tests. And he put the flashlight in my eyes and he said, follow the flashlight as far as you can. And don't turn your head. And just use your eyeball. Follow it. And he moved it way over. I mean, I couldn't follow that freaking thing. What am I, freaking E.T., for Christ's sake? So I turned my head, and he said, don't turn your head. And I said, don't move the flashlight so far. And he's like, no, 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 no. no. you got to keep your head looking at your jaw needs to be straight at me, and you need to just follow it with your eyeballs. And he did it again, and I followed it. And it's like, well, I, you know, you're, I, I moved my chin again. And he said, don't move your chin. And I asked him, I said, have you ever passed this test yourself? And he said, no, I haven't. And I said, well, then why are you administering a test that you've never yourself have ever passed? He said, well, I have a condition that doesn't allow me to pass this test. And I said, well, how do you know that I haven't passed or that I don't have the same condition? Well, have you been diagnosed? And I said, well, I've never known to ask a doctor to diagnose me with it. You know, I mean, what what is this condition? And then he said, well, you failed this one. And I said, well, so have you. You can't pass it either, so what does that prove? Nothing. So he pulled out the breathalyzer out of his pocket, and he said, this is not admissible in court, but I need you to breathe into this device. And I said, well, if it's not admissible in court, 
why are we doing it? Well, if you got nothing to hide, why aren't you doing it? And I said, well, if it's not admissible in court, why are you asking me to do it? And is it testifying against myself? And so it was funny. They went back to the car and they were talking and all that stuff. And I'm standing there and I'm still surrounded and all that shit. And they came back and they said, well, we think you're drunk, which I was. We think you're drunk. And we're not going to let you leave here. So you can agree to just leave the truck here, go pick it up in the morning. But if you come back tonight, if this thing is gone in a couple hours, we're going to be hunting your ass. But if you just agree to just go and go home and come back and get it tomorrow morning, uh, we're done here. And I said, we're done here. And we've, we've come to an agreement. Is that correct? And he said, yes. And I said, I accept your offer. And I walked around the corner. I went to my meditation thing, and they gave me a ride home, and I came back the next day. And, you know, they got me off the road. You know, I mean, I was freaking puddled up. I was. Uh, you know, I didn't hurt anyone, but I could have. So I accepted their offer. And I did. And But they were they were very, very nice about everything. You know, they did lay their hands on me and push me down to sit on the curb and all that stuff, but I answered just about every question with a question, and I got out of there unscathed without having, you know, a couple thousand dollar fine and probation or jail time with a DUI, and, you know, I was a donkey, I admit it, uh, but, you know, no one the, answered the questions with the questions, and they were honorable and they were cool. So, you know, this was, Christ, this was like 15 years ago in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. Thanks for making me go down the yesteryear trip. But, you know, uh, but I, I, I agreed. I consented to that particular contract. We're not hauling you in. Leave it here till tomorrow morning. Okay. I'll come back tomorrow morning. There you go. And I did. And I actually locked the keys in the truck. That way I couldn't get back in there. <laughs> so, you know, it's all contract, all of it, and they were cool. But they worked me for a long time. And think of how many people's asses I saved keeping, like, freaking, I don't know, eight to ten freaking cops busy for, it was probably 45 minutes on the side of the road. You guys are all texting back and forth or emailing back and forth. God, this bird fucker is just windy. Can he just shut the fuck up and hang up? Oh, Kazoo, why don't you get on the on the horn there instead of typing in all day? Unless you fell asleep, like I'm about to. <laughs> I was with the, <laughs> the mating call of the bird is uh is uh frequently common. <laughs> Man.
All right, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a wait a minute. Wait. wait. Sure. So how's everyone doing? I mean, how's Batman doing? I mean, he's not on these calls or anything, but you know, I haven't heard anything updated by that guy or whatever. Is he doing okay? Is that why these calls are like six hours when you want to re-listen to them? Is it because you guys have dead air for like a long time? I look good. The most satisfying thing about this image is the fact that you are probably reading this in Morgan Freeman's voice. It's amazing, this phenomenon. Just by simply seeing a picture of someone. Your brain instantly makes a connection to the most memorable thing about them. Why, there could be anything in the world written on this image. And in your brain, it would sound amazing. Because you have Morgan Freeman narrating it. Titty sprinkles. Titty sprinkles. Hello? 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 What's up, Kazoo? All right, Kazoo saves the day. Here we go. I think it's interesting. Great Kazoo now joins the fray. I was led to believe there would be a claimant here. Well, he was a claimant uh, in the car, but they did, but he made an offer. They let him go. He thought he thought they got the supervisor, but I think they actually got backup instead. The supervisor just happened to be there. But uh, yeah. they, I don't know if those are offensive words to some of them. You know, I heard one claim tonight. You know, I've been listening since the beginning. I was kind of dozing off there about all the food talk. But uh, I heard one claim. I heard somebody make a claim that I can agree with. I think it's okay. I think it's okay to make a claim. You heard it? You heard what that guy said? The one claim that's acceptable? Anybody? Draw a blank? Nothing? No one? Okay, this what is it. He must said, have been he said, me. I love you all. That was me. That was you. He said, he said, he said I love you all. I do. I'll make that and I'll stand by it and I'll prove it. I ain't gonna kiss you. I'll give you a hug. Of course, if Batman was here, he'd probably still say some shit. Just what evidence you have, ever or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Starts with a pat down and do the kissing. You can only prove it if I see you face to face. Actually, you say, how can I not? How can I not love you all, or something like that? That's what he would do. Well, it's a spiritual hug. Just consider you just being hugged right now by a guy that doesn't want to have sex with you. Just a hug, a good brotherly hug. There you go. That'd be uh, just focus on and all questions with questions. Titty sprinkles. Who wants a hug? Who wants a hug? Sprinkles. 
<laughs> Who wants a hug? Every hug gets a free reach around. <laughs> you making a claim? <laughs> Gosh, I'm going to be cautious with talking with you, brother. Uh-huh. Got him. Keep my waist away from you. I hope you got short arms. In the morning, I like to put titty sprinkles on my pancakes. And when my friends aren't looking, I like to snort them up my nose. Doesn't matter what color. Blue, green, red, purple. I even like rainbow-colored titty sprinkles. I've even taken a bath in titty sprinkles. It's hard to wash off, though. But why would you want to? Everybody wants to smell like titty sprinkles. Actually, Morgan Freeman, or can someone imitate him perfectly? There's like so many people that can imitate him on the on the thing that I found out. Yeah. Really so once... You ever watch those bad lip readings? Sometimes those are pretty damn funny. I mean, it looks like they're actually saying what what the lip reader thinks he's saying, like the way their mouth moves and everything. You watch one of the inauguration. You got old Hillary up there next to Bush. And she, it actually looks like she says, we have a problem. You know, and then, of course, it takes a comical turn, but damn funny stuff. Why the long hesitant? silences. Yeah, don't bother me any. Well, it doesn't bother me either. I was just one battery. Yeah, I believe I'm I what some people call an Aquarius. This is me, but hey, I've heard your voice on a lot of the uh, Batman things and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know anyone's uh, calling or whatever associated with the voice, but it's good to it's been to speak with you, brother. You know, I mean, you've had a lot of stuff with the court, and you know, when can I meet the claimant and all that? I, I believe that's you know 
some of the stuff I've heard, I recognize the voice, but then again, you're a ventriloquist. Yeah, who knows? I don't, you know, I don't know. They don't really bother me anymore. I, I haven't really had an opportunity to try out a lot of this stuff because, you know, I guess I'm just not somebody they want to talk to. I don't know. Maybe I'm just undercover. <laughs> how great, yeah, how great is it when they freaking leave you alone and it's like, okay, this is not, do, do not engage and do not, do not detain, do not engage. Yeah, yeah I, I one, yeah. it was like one encounter, like a long time ago when I was just getting into this stuff, and, uh, you know, it took me four or five years trying to figure out what the heck happened. Have you been chipped? Have you been chipped with some kind of a GFI thing or whatever, where it's like they you just drive by a police squad car and they freaking scan you, and it's like, oh, leave this, leave this one alone? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How do they? Well, what do they know you? About? Oh God, get away from this one! You know, I don't know. I've walked up to a couple of them, you know, just like parked on the side of the road or whatever around the neighborhood, and I go, "Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Are we safe?" Oh yeah, everything's okay. I'm just trying to catch Peters. I'm like, yeah. I knew when they would pay the road, it was going to turn into a racetrack. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get speed bumps put in. I'm like, that's great because about 8, 9 o'clock, there's a motorcycle that just comes down here 70 miles an hour right up the road. Like, oh, really? Okay, I'll have a look at it. And he drove off and went down the road looking for that motorcycle. Then you jumped on your motorcycle and went the other direction. Yeah, I went the other way. Got my motorcycle out of the bushes (laughs) and took off. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't tell him it was you. You just said, hey, there's this motorcycle. You didn't tell him you were on it. Yeah, he's That's a bad now they put, Yeah, Now they put a jump in there for you. Crazy. You can be evil Knievel if you want to be. Yeah. yeah put a couple of freaking. Did that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Put a couple of, put like 70 Tonka trucks in the way after that speed bump and hit that fucker at 70 and see how many you can clear. It's all good. Yeah. You'll be all right. <laughs> I heard they're uh, they're thinking about making that stuff out of ferro fluid. If you're going if you're going slow enough, it, it's not even a bump at all. But if you're going too fast, it'll wreck your suspension. Well, that's just crazy. Why would they make Tonka trunks out of that shit? I don't know. I, don't, I think it's the jumps. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the speed bumps. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah, about the Tonka trucks. Oh, just I, I, I like you can paint it onto yeah. the onto the asphalt and shit, and then if you go too fast, then it'll start slowing your ass down. Yeah, you ferro fluid is like a yeah. Like you guys, cornstarch water mix or something. You guys just aren't following my non-humor. I'm sorry. It's all good. Yeah. I'll try to be funnier. Is anybody out here? I just want someone to please shoot me in the face. Hey there. I'm friendly, dude. What's that? That is, hey. so cool. that is so cool that Morgan Freeman calls into these shows. I really appreciate that. He started off on Sesame Street, by the way. Electric Company. 
Oh, I should have. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the correction. Cheesy Rita. That's my. Wait a minute. Where's he at? There you go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So how come there's no women that talk on these shows? There is. There's, there's a few women in the, the mix. I don't know if they're on this call, though. You got deep fucking voices. There are fucking women talking on this thing. That's all right. I mean, I just would like to know that there's women on board with uh, Make No Claim, too. You know, Katrina, she was doing well. Uh, she bailed. I don't know where the hell she is. All good, but he never spoke. Okay, brothers and sisters and misses and misters, here's your daddy yo with the sounds to go. No shucking, no jiving. I'm telling you, your music's arriving. Ha ha! What I say? It's Mel Mel Mounds. (laughs) Mel Mounds, Easy Reader. Who's the other guy? Oh, he plays a vampire or some shit too. Uh, Anyway. I'm going way off on a tangent feature of that shit anyway. Alright, anyway. It's late. Life brought to you by Chex Mix. <laughs> or Miller Highlight. I appreciate it, but I don't want to die and be eaten by zombies, so if you wouldn't mind, please just caving my head in with that axe or or shooting me in the skull. We'll miss you, Morgan Freeman. All right, you may begin whenever you're ready. You also sound like Barack Obama, but okay. Funny you should mention that. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Dude, you have the best voice ever. Thank you, sir. May I have Yes, I'm dead. Oh, good luck, Morgan Freeman. I love you. And on that note, I'm going to head out because it is midnight. (laughs) It's midnight? Holy shit. I fucking... I'm... Wow. Holy crap. I believe it's closer to 1 a.m. It's only 11 where I am, but that's past my bedtime. But whatever. All right. I'll see y'all guys uh, next time. Oh, make sure you let them know you're going to do it. Yep, see you, Mike. Is the show closed? I think so. This was five hours of calls. Seven to eleven. That's only four. Do the math. Oh, <laughs> that's too hard, man. You were supposed to answer. You know, I was told there'd be no math. Yeah, I was told there would be no math. There you go, Chevy Chase. Sweet, nice. I love it. All right, I love you guys. Peace. And I'll make that claim.